Holman, is this episode of the Truck Show Podcast going to be a one Dr. Pepper show or a two Dr. Pepper show? Uh, I think it's going to be a one Dr. Pepper show. Oh, you feel uh, that you're not going to need the, you're not, you won't get parched halfway through? Uh, no, no, because uh, this one will uh, have us salivating. Yeah, I uh, see what you did there. Uh, thank you. I'll be here all night. Mm-hmm. Tip your waitress, try the bill. So we've got Scott Birdsall coming up from Chuckles Garage. Now, you may know the name because he's been on our show before. He's going back to Pike's Peak. He's not going to Pike's Peak with Old Smokey. Well, he is kind of, sort of, but he's driving an eco-diesel-powered Lamar prototype and car. Aaron Coffin's driving Old Smokey, but he's going to uh, hopefully tell us why he isn't driving both of them, right? I think so, yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm already confused. So I, I just wanted to bring this up uh, because I had a moment today where I won the internet, and I think it's important enough for us to uh, talk about wins like this because they don't come very often. Mm, very rarely. Now, what platform did this win come to you on? Uh, this is uh, in a Facebook group. Okay. Facebook. Oh, they are harsh. Uh, they're horrible. Yes. So, uh, Facebook group. Before, before you tell yep, me this, yep. before you tell me this. Oh, by the way, uh, this was different than the win I had by giving Johnny Lieberman crap because Johnny Lieberman put Braptor for for Bronco Raptor in his post. Mm-hmm. And all these freaking famous people with blue checks are like, oh, Braptor's a freaking brilliant. If you guys remember, I called it Braptor on this show like three years ago and coined it to Ford like five years ago. So, unfortunately, you Braptor's don't have, mine. But you don't have his following. <sighs> so, anyway, they all think he did that. But that's not now, what I'm talking about. So, n- now how, so how then many... I called him out on it. And I go, by the way, Johnny, Braptor's mine. And he goes, I didn't say it wasn't. So, I'm like, all right, well, that was a... I didn't say it wasn't. Yeah, so that was an, at least a little mm. bit of a nod. I'll take it. I'll take it. How many Facebook groups are you a member of? Uh, 12 or something. Okay, because I used 15. to I used to run the other way from people that were members of more than, say, half a dozen. Okay. And now here's me, yeah. who's 50. now a member of probably 40. Yeah. So- Oh, uh, my God. Here's the thing. This is a Jeep Wrangler forum, and somebody had posted this question, which to me the answer was obvious, but clearly not to the legions of other people on the page. <laughs> and uh, he writes- was just quoted over $3,000 to regear, 15 hours of labor per axle at $100 an hour? I walked out. They claimed a labor shortage for the extra time. What's an average cost to regear? I'm providing all the parts. Thanks. Hmm. The problem with that is everybody starts jumping in with, you know, oh, well, uh, for I that got price, a, parts I got should be included, for this. Yeah. or... Oh, my, I had mine done 18 years ago for $300 an axle to a guy who's like, oh, well, last week it was 1400 for both. And so this guy's like, you know, feeding into all that stuff. And, and nobody is actually answering the the concern the guy has because he, he just he doesn't understand. He feels he's being ripped off for the labor. Right. And that's that's not the point. So I jump in and I write, that's the quote unquote, I don't want to be married to the customer that supplied their own parts price. And a bunch of people laughed, thumbs up, and all that because they understand that that's true. And anybody who here who's listening to the show right now who works for a shop or owns a shop knows the deal with the dude who brings his own parts. Mm-hmm. And so the original poster goes, well, what's the big deal? And I wrote, own a shop and all will be revealed, right? Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to go into this if you can't figure it out. So he says, I mean, gears cost $800, so another $1,000 for labor uh, per, per axle. And I wrote to the OP, because you did not buy from them. They have no control if you bought the right parts. If you're missing something, now they have to order it, potentially tying up a rack. If there's a problem with a defective part, the shop doesn't have the relationship with the manufacturer or the supplier. Plus, instead of helping the local business and ordering through them, the customer played the lowest bidder game and cut the shop out of the profits. I see it all the time. 
and shop owners are tired of dealing with the headaches that come with an install they don't fully own. So they give you the quote unquote, I don't want to work with you price so that if you do decide to have them do it, they're making money for their time plus covering any additional time it'll take because the customer got the wrong parts or the stuff they have is defective or the headaches of being married to you down the road. And then that got a bunch of thumbs up. What do you think the original poster replied? Keep in mind, this is Facebook. Well, you already told us that you had a win. Okay. So you kind of gave away the punch. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking he said, uh, thanks for the insight, or I hadn't thought of that. Ah, makes perfect sense now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I, I bring that up for two reasons. One, because I had a win on the internet. So that, that should be worth They uh, do not happen very often. Happen very yeah, often. Yeah. Normally, it's a, your mom wears combat boots in like four posts or less. Mm-hmm. But- what I wanted to say is I thought, you know, how many people are listening to the show that do their own stuff or maybe don't have that shop experience or maybe did have that shop experience and thought the shop owner was just being an a-hole and didn't really know why. I thought, well, maybe that's a quick thing for you and I to talk about. In fact, I was at one of your customer shops the other day mm-hmm. where somebody had bought a product directly from you and he decided that he would install it. To do a favor. Oh well. Oh, and, you guys. You and, and you and the guy at the shop called me. Right. I didn't even know you were there because yeah. he did, he put you on speakerphone later. Um, that exact thing did happen. Yeah. This he, week. Yeah. He bought two components, thinking they were. He, he didn't buy the kit. The kit came bingo. with three components. He bought two individual components and didn't have the cable that linked the two. Correct. And so, the shop that I was at says, "Yeah, you know, we don't do non-parts guide bags. It's a big deal. It's like, all right, we'll do it for you. Of course." Vehicle goes on the rack and sure enough, missing the parts. So he had to cannibalize his own parts because fortunately he carries your stuff in uh, in stock. Yep, banks on the shelf. And had to cannibalize the cable and then reorder it from you and then essentially had to recharge that customer who thought he was only paying for labor because he didn't get all the parts. And we had that conversation at the counter. He's like, this is every single time. This is why I don't install parts that didn't get bought through us. So it's not just a profit thing, but it can be because I've been with buddies who own shops who are like, they're just going to Amazon, getting the absolute bare bottom deal, and then coming to me and then asking questions. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You haven't bought the part for me. You think my labor's too high, but it's good enough for you to come ask questions in my shop and my counter after insulting me by not bringing So I don't know if people really realize that that's sort of a faux pas no, they don't. in the shop market in the in the upgrade market let me ask you your opinion on this one okay how are bringing tires if you do a tire rack or you get them shipped to your house your office or whatever and bringing tires to the tire shop how do you feel about that is that a little different or is it same thing i mean it's kind of the same thing you're getting a mounted balanced etc now you don't really complain about the now, tires keep, keep in mind i always do that because i usually get the tires directly from the manufacturer a- as do i so i usually I, tell the the shop owner or what, sometimes it's one I have a, a, already have a relationship with, so they know the deal. But sometimes I'll tell the shop owner, hey, I'm working directly with the manufacturer. That's why I have these. And then they understand that I'm not just being an a-hole who got some better deal than what he could have offered. Right. It's just it, – it's, it's one of those things where it's sort of a, res- a respect thing, right? I, yes, it is. It's a respect thing. I, I agree with you 100%. What I'm saying, they don't have respect for the retailer. They just – they're coming in. Their money is green. Why won't you take it? Right. And why are you why are you jacking me around? Why does it matter where I got the part? It does matter where you got the part. What if you bought a knockoff part? You know? Well, what if you came in there? In, what if you got a Schmanks metal monster? Well, you you know, could have had a, a you know, metal monster. I've actually heard the Schmanks work pretty good. Uh, no, they don't. Oh, they don't work no, very good. No, they do not. But no. they come in red. Uh, oh, well, have ours you had is, a red Schmanks? Yeah, ours are red. Yes. Oh, well, then they come in green. 
Nope, we don't offer a green Schmanks. That, well, that's what Schmanks offers. That's the problem. And, that, and it matches my green vehicle. <laughs> I don't want to be in the Schmanks Schmauerabout.com, oh, right? Oh, I heard yes. it was great. So interesting. Have you had a bad experience uh, at Truck Show Podcast or, or Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com? How do you feel about shops that won't install parts uh, that came from the, the customer and not from them? Kind of curious what everybody's take is on that. All right, before we get into Scott Birdsall, of course, we have to thank our presenting sponsor, Nissan. So if you're looking for a new half-ton or half-ton plus truck in the Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XD, five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, best in the business. And, and of you course, know what's weird, I got to interrupt you, is that Nissan doesn't work on Nissan products. You know why? Uh, why is that? They don't break. And that's probably why they have the uh, industry's <laughs> best warranty. Uh-huh. Also, if you're looking for a, a midsize truck that won't break, you want to uh, check out the brand new Nissan Frontier. By the way, I saw five in the wild this week. And they're starting to, like, everywhere I look, I'm like, oop, there's one. And they're not at dealers. They're out in the world. Are you notating colors? Because Uh, the only one that I've seen is white. uh, Two white ones. Okay. A green one. A green one? Yeah. And and two of that, uh, one red and one Baja Storm. Is that army green? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the the thing that struck me about the white one I forgot about because I hadn't seen one in a little while, it was dusk. And the way they do the rear taillight is super diffused. Mm-hmm. And so there's no point of light. It just glows. And I drove by it coming down the uh, 15 freeway from the desert. I went, man, that looks good. Because it just looks like a, a, like this cool soft glow of red on the taillight. And it's just it's very distinctive. So kudos to Nissan because it's you know, all the LED lights and has a, a, a good look to it. But great looking truck. By the way, uh, in a couple weeks, we should be able to talk a little bit more about the Frontier. What do you, What do you mean? Uh, in a few weeks, we'll talk more about the Frontier. But until then- Wait, what do we not know head about? Head down. No, what what do, do you we, not know about it? What do we not know I about just, it? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it after the embargo. Embargo. I didn't know that we didn't know something about All it. All will be revealed. All right, here's the deal. Uh, you want to head <laughs> well, on what down was to the er? Nissan. What was, that? what was the er? Uh, it's just awesomeness. So uh, in the meantime, head over to NissanUSA.com where you can build and price your brand new Titan or Frontier. Or head down to your local Nissan dealer where you can see, and better yet, touch one. And if you want to touch something without being burned, you uh, will want to uh, touch the Banks Ram Air Diff Cover that you can find on the rear end of discerning truck owners' trucks uh, throughout the world. So by burning, you're talking about temperature, not like like monetarily burn, like, oh, burn, I got that. No, because no, no, no. it's keeping your rear diff temperature. Thermal management yeah. for your diff. Okay. Thermal management for your rear end. Something uh, sounds nasty. <laughs> Thermal management for your diff. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Can't be any worse than thermal management for your rear end. Oh, yeah. It does sound bad no matter how yeah. you put it. Anyway, it's a patented finned aluminum diff cover that's designed to keep your gear set cool because it has scoops that stick down below the axle housing that channel the air through the fins on the back, which competitors don't do. And what that allows is for cooler running gears. And on top of that, Banks figured out what happens inside your diff when that ring and pinion is spinning around. And what happens to the fluid? And they figured out a way to keep it from aerating. What you don't want is air in your oil because air is not a good lubricant. Oil is. The Banks Ram Air Cover honors the factory curvature. It's got a ring gear raceway so the fluid goes up and over and follows the ring gear without aerating. And all Ram Air Covers come with an angled fill port with a magnetic plug, a sight glass for easy viewing, magnetic drain plug placed in the right position so you drain every drop when you do a surfacing, one eighth inch NPT port if you want to add a temp sensor and O-ring seal so no more messy silicone. Head over to BakesPower.com where you can type in your year, make, model and see if they have one available for your truck. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with The Truck. 
truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's me, that's him over there. Where? You, you're that other guy. Me? I'm Lightning, you're Holman. Oh, that's good, because that's what it says on my underwear. Okay. We don't, don't want to be wearing some <laughs> wait, other guy's wait, underwear. Wait, 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 what? Seriously? Does your uh, does your wife put your name on your underwear? No, my mom. <laughs> what, are you going to camp? No, I mean, it's just, uh, it's always been that way, so it's tradition. I just uh, I just didn't want to break. So when you order your, uh, your, uh... My new chonies? Yeah, yeah, your chonies off Amazon. My, I send them to my mom. You with drop ship them straight to your mom's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? And then she uh, goes and she writes my name on all of them. That's embarrassing. No, that's that's smart love. <laughs> love. <laughs> it's just like, you know, socks where sometimes your two pairs of underwear will end up somewhere else and you lose them. How? Because the, the pairs of underwear will separate and the, well, there'll be one pair over here, one pair over there and you can't wear them. Pairs of underwear? Yeah, yeah, they separate. So no, you have they to have don't. a name on them. What are you talking about? So why are they called pears? I because it has two holes for your legs. I don't know. That's weird, right? Yeah, it is that's weird. my whole point. Yeah, I see. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Pairs of underwear. I don't have hmm. my name in them. All right. Uh, how do you feel about dialing one Mister Scott Birdsall of Chuckles Garage fame? I just don't know if he's going to answer after that last text I sent him. Oh. I, I no, easy, that. easy. Uh, easy. No, I'm not going to say what you said, but I right. can't. No, you can't. It's, no, we would get fined. By, we'd get fined by the FCC. The FCC is not listening. I would get fired no, from my job. No, it's so egregious. The FCC no, would, they, would find they us. Find us on the podcast. <laughs> yes, All right. Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to dial Mr. Birdsall because uh, I hear he's got some uh, groovy things going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're dialing a uh, Santa Rosa, California number, then? Sure. I think that's where he is. Doesn't mean his phone number came from there. Oh, good point. Chuckles House of is <laughs> an anal b- help you. Well, that's going to have to be bleeped. God, we have the first words out of his mouth we have to bleep. But, but that's funny because we talked about how we couldn't say the conversation we were just yes. having back and forth. So now the bleeping that everybody just heard <sighs> has brought this full circle. Good good God. work. Good work, Mr. Birdsall. <laughs> we're not governed by the FCC, but we think that we're going to sufficiently piss them off enough to come get us. No, I think I'm just going to get fired, which is why you better bleep oh, yeah. that. No, I did. All right, Mr. <laughs> Scott Birdsall, we have an uh, intro to play for you, so don't move. Truck show! <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Who dis? Now, I don't think that's totally uh, fair because Scott has been on our show before, and I would think there are people who. Who know of him? He, of course, uh, Smokey F1, Pikes Peak Old record Smokey. holder. Yes, you know all that kind of stuff. Uh, we had Aaron Kaufman on recently to. Uh Talk about how uh, Scott hired him to uh, to drive the old uh, F1 while he goes into a Le Mans prototype car for uh, Pikes, Pikes Peak, Peak this year. But uh, so we can't talk to him about that because it's a car and it's lame. No, it, it's not lame. It's we are going to talk about actually. it. Did we lose him, Scott? Are you still there? Or is it just I us think, talking? I think uh, I think I'm going to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a few other things going on, like uh, you finally found the donor truck for your land speed record uh, run. So we have a lot to talk to you about. Yeah, they, yeah, I have stuff. Uh, I think he's going to have to close down the shop at some point because his side projects are now the only thing going on, right? <laughs> That's actually I probably mean, true. How many employees do you have up there at Chuckles Garage? You're Santa Rosa, correct? 
Yeah, I'm in Santa Rosa, California. And right now we have uh, three other guys um, other than me. And then I got a new guy starting at the end of the month. Okay, so that's how your customer projects get done. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, sometimes I pull them away to kind of help enable me to make bad car choices. But most <laughs> most of the, the the guys the guys get all the customer stuff done. Um, I do all the designing and I do most of the fabrication on my stuff, uh, my race cars, etc. And uh, you know, sometimes I pull the guys in. Like today, today Bobby was uh, uh, helping me do all the cage stuff in the in the LMP car. Everybody needs a Bobby on staff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I was just no, looking he's, at he's my number one guy. He's, he's, uh, he's been with me for quite a while now. So I gotta, I gotta start saving up. I told him if he'd worked for me for 10 years, I'd get him a Rolex and it's getting pretty close to that. So really, oh. are you going to get him like enough to sell some car parts <laughs> to like a, a two-tone Submariner or like an Explorer two? What are you looking at? You're just I'm gonna... thinking, I'm thinking more like Explorer two. Explorer two is the one to have. So you're, if you, but the yeah, thing that's, new, new, that's 11 well, grand, dude. well, here's what sucks about the Explorer two though, is it just got the new movement. And I know there's probably some watch nerds out there mm-hmm. before the Explorer and the Explorer two were sort of like the icky Rolexes that everyone's like, eh, it's not as cool as, you know, some of the, 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 the perpetual <laughs> oyster. This, you're and such I, a snob. I had an no, Explorer no, no, no. two. No, you I didn't had, I sold it. See, Explorer twos are rad, but here's the deal. The market sort of shrugged them off, and that was like the Rolex to get into, but it was also the best Rolex for somebody who actually wants to use their uh, watch and go do stuff. And then all of a sudden, people realized, oh, that's pretty affordable for a Rolex. So what used to be like seven or eight grand? It's now 11.5. No, 11.5 new, but you're looking at 12, 13, 14, even 15K for Explorer 2. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. Nuts. I made money on mine. I bought it in 1998, nine, somewhere in there when I became, when I was promoted to producer of the Kevin and Bean Show. And that was my gift to myself. My buddy owned a Rolex dealer and he sold it to me at cost. And I think I paid for that Explorer 2, I, I want to say I paid like 6300 for it back then. And then <laughs> I, I, I sold it for nine. No, nah, I think I sold it to uh, Bob's Watches down in Newport Beach, oh, yeah. close to Mesa. They, they have a, they're a, like a huge <laughs> online presence. Yeah, so stuff. that yeah. I sold it to them, and I think I sold it for like seventy two or something. So I and that was ladies and gentlemen, the Rolex show. Dude, a decade later, <laughs> more than a decade later, I sold it and made money on that thing. So yeah. well, and it was, was just money. a regular old, and it was a smaller one. I would have liked the Explorer too, the new yeah, one because it's the forty two. I think they have a forty two case now. Or yeah, 40, yeah, it's forty. It's yeah. like four. Yeah, like, forty three five something like that. I think every. Every car guy is a watch guy too. I, I just think that because I'm a watch guy. But well, because mechanical, right? Mechanical. Yep. Yeah. It's just the mechanical stuff of it. Like you won't see me getting pumped off, off like a freaking Seiko with a digital display or something like that. Like that's yeah. Not, I mean, just not, not the not same. Cool, but. I mean, like a Grand Seiko is cool, but it's not Rolex cool. What's your favorite watch? Just real quick, and then we'll ditch the topic. Uh, my uh, I got a '97 Sub uh, date. Oh, no, that's a nice watch. I, yeah, I wear it to work and everything. I, have you had I it restored yet? It, I grind in it. Because you, 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 you the, can send it to Rolex and they'll make it look brand new for like under a grand. Yeah, I did that like uh, three years ago because it was it was looking pretty haggard. So I sent it to them and it came back and it looked shiny and new again. Hey, you want to talk about turbos? Yes, please. Because I, I had oh, this. I love turbos. I had this text thread going on with Scott and uh, it was, uh, we have a lot to talk about. And I told him, why talk? We could just hold hands and stare into each other's eyes. We don't have to ruin this moment. <laughs> so then he sends me a, a whole bunch of laughy faces. It says, slow down, Turbo. 
And uh, anyway, we go back and forth, and then it ended up the the end, like the the. Well, first he said Jesus is watching, so we sort of you know went into religious territory. Now, does he but, send you a bunch of gifts? Because he is a a gift. He's got a he's treasure. A, he's, a chest gift, he's a gift of, machine of, of gifts. Yeah, yes. I, have a, I have a Jesus one here. But then he ended it. He brought a full circle with a massive turbo, and he goes, "I confess to these sins," and I'm like, <laughs> "Tell me more. What is that yeah, turbo you know, for?" I think it's very important to have a solid gift library on your phone. Oh, 100%. So that turbo uh, that you sent me. Turbo? Yeah, I don't know. It's the big Garrett. It looked like it was about, you know, 20 inches wide. <laughs> well, if it's a Garrett, that's going to be for Old Smokey, right? The Garrett, that was a Garrett that we just got for Old Smokey. And that's a, uh, it's quite a bit smaller than we used to run a long time. The biggest turbo I've ever had on that thing is 106 millimeters. And um, so now I run an 80 millimeter and a 62 millimeter for Pikes Peak. Okay. So that's a... It's a GTX 5020, and then like the prototype car runs a uh, G45 1125, which is also that's a 67 millimeter, and then it runs a, uh, a G25 660 for the small turbo, and that's a 54 millimeter, if I'm not mistaken. Bring us up to speed on Old Smoky, and for those that didn't hear the previous episode or aren't familiar with your Pikes Peak endeavors. Just give us the once over on the truck, what it used to be and what it is now. Old Smokey is my, it's my Pikes Peak truck. Um, we set the record in uh, 2020 for the uh, fastest diesel time up the hill at Pikes Peak. And um, it really started kind of as a, as a Craigslist flip. I bought it and, uh, you know, it's kind of this neat little monkey face, you know, 49 Ford truck and, uh, I got it for 225 bucks from a local Volkswagen repair shop. Because <laughs> that makes sense. Um, right? I mean, tell me where you can find a, a, a pretty solid body truck for 225 bucks anymore. Yeah, it's, it's it's getting a lot harder. By the way, episode 139, if anybody wants to go back and listen to uh, the first time Scott was on. 225 bucks. I think that was 2015. And then I built it for a while. I, I have a real problem with uh, self-control. So... A turbo diesel swap turned into twin turbos and then bigger compound turbos. Well, Scott, then, was it was it going to be Pikes Peak uh, Racer from no. day one? Or no, this was just a shop truck that grew out of control. Yeah, it was just going to be like a shop truck to uh, to like go pick stuff up in. And then it just it just snowballed and eventually it became like this gnarly. Dude, that's not a snowball. Know, that's an avalanche. Power truck. <laughs> yeah, that we debuted at SEMA in 2016 and then. Got on the car and driver 10 best list for that and all kinds of stuff. And I think around 2017, I got the idea to go do Pikes Peak. And then in 2018, I went and, and, uh, yeah, threw threw it off a cliff. Yep. Yeah. And I, you know, chucked it off a cliff and drove all the way back to California, fixed it, drove all the way back and then qualified for the race only to blow up my engine at the end of qualifying. And then 2019, we went, went there again, uh, set the fastest diesel qualifying record. But then it rained during the race, so that kind of put a poo-poo on everything. Mm-hmm. And then 2020, everything finally lined up, and it happened. What is it about Pikes Peak? There are a lot of other races you could have done, a lot of uh, you know endurance racing, Thunder Hill type of thing. Like, What is it about Pikes Peak that drew you the first time and has you coming back? Well, there's always been this mystique. You know, Pikes Peak is, it's you know, it's it's a uh, I don't know, it's one of the most legendary races in the world. Is it because it's scary? Um, it's it's horrifying, but also fun. It's incredibly fun. So you know, I grew up I grew up watching that on TV with my dad. Um, 
And so I always held these Pikes Peak drivers up, up on this huge pedestal. It's like, you know, they're professional racing drivers, but then they're also doing this crazy race up this, you know, half dirt, half pavement road. And I don't know, it's always, it's always held this mystique. And so, you know, I've been kind of away from the road racing scene for a while. I, I left professional road racing in, in the early two thousands and, uh, I just got an itch to go do it. Holman, did we know that he was a road racer? What were you road racing? I don't think I knew that. Um, NASA, SCCA. Uh, Can I tell you my favorite mm-hmm. NASA story? Is it about the National Aeronautics about, Space Association? Or no, cars? race cars. Okay. So I used to go to like a open track day, like Bud Willow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so you could basically, depending on how fast your car was, it had different tech requirements, like a cage or whatever. And I had a uh, 2000 Civic Si with Integra Type R suspension on it. Rad little car, manual uh, suspension techniques, uh, sway bar, tie bar combo in the rear. The thing I had all the SI stuff su- too. Super, super <laughs> neutral for a front wheel drive car. And it would be fun. You'd go hit up button wheel and you could drift it. And I would like take people in the corners, then have like the 1.8 liter uh, turbo Volkswagens take me in the straights and the V6 Mustangs. And it was fun. But I'll never forget this dude uh, had a Contour SVT. If you remember the Ford Contours? <laughs> Barely. And I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, they, they were actually kind of cool in their day. All right? They it, were was cool. such a, it was such a POS. Now, when you look back in history, it's a POS. Just like, listen. I, I think oh it was a POS then. It was all right. It was all right. Anyway, so uh, some dude, you know, uh, on Buttonwillow, the, the uh, rise, they call Magic Mountain in the middle of the track? Yeah. Okay. So the dude goes up on the uh, Contour SVT, gets light, rolls off of it, and come to find out his Roll bar inside was all PVC pipe with no with like um the foam around it and duct tape to make it look like he had a roll like, cage like, like, like those uh, spaghetti straws that go in the pool that you float no, like like, those like, ske- like schedule forty style like irrigation pipe. I know but he put yeah. that foam rubber over the foam yeah, yeah, over yeah, so yeah, 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 covered in pool noodles <laughs> and uh, so and, how'd that how'd that work out for him yeah not not so great I mean I guess the car did okay because I think it had uh, might have side airbags or whatever and I guess the guy was okay. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're going, didn't anybody catch that? So they literally, there's PVC like all over the track? I mean, no, he just, he got to the top, got light and just kind of rolled off and it was like a one or two roller and the the car was going slow enough where it wasn't like some gory, you know, death thing. But right. yeah, there was broken PVC and I remember- How funny it would be, the guys were rolling up going, who was working on the sprinklers out here? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, it's from the car? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to see the- what happened to the tech guy that signed his car off? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, this was probably in 2000, 2001. PVC, check. I, I think they're a little more thorough now than yeah. uh, than that. But anyway, that reminds me of, of uh, when I used to uh, do that kind of fun road racing on the weekends. So you were doing road racing back then. You hung it up and you took some time off, focused on the shop. And then this bug bit you big time. For yeah, I just, I, got, I just got the idea. I wanted, to, I wanted to go run the peak. And so you can't just, you know, be some guy that wants to go run the peak, you have to have a, you know, professional driving resume to, to submit to them to even get, because it's an invite invitation only race. Yeah. I don't think uh, people know that, that you have to ask to basically be invited, right? It's a, it's a weird one. You say yeah. you submit yeah, you your resume. To, uh, you have to pay a pretty, pretty healthy fee, send them your racing resume. Um, you have to have some kind of professional racing license and if you're if you don't have a professional racing license anymore, you have to have a pretty big body of work to show them, um, you know, racing references, et cetera. So it's a it's a it's a really scary race and uh, requires, you know, quite a bit of skill, I would say. I, I want you to talk about the configuration of the engine, how it was, how you won and then what you've done to it and why Aaron Kaufman. Gotcha. OK, so 
the engine in it when I set the record was a uh, was built by Fleece and Freedom Racing Engines. It was a 6.7 liter Cummins turbo diesel with uh, compound Garrett turbos on it and uh, dynamite diesel injectors in it and uh, you know ATS uh, four speed automatic transmission that we sequentially shift. That setup all pretty much remains the same for 2022, except. Uh, um, Freedom is building a 6.4 liter high compression dry sump engine for it. Mm, okay. Um, and then uh, I guess it's really not staying the same because I changed so much. So and you're going to you're going to dry sump now. to get to get the engine down lower. No, the the engine will sit in the same spot because I don't feel like changing all the engine mounts. But what what that's allowing us to do is you know a little more reliability because the the wet sump wasn't the best thing. I had a I had an AccuSump squirting, squirting oil in that thing every time we went around a tight corner. Mm. But so I moved the entire turbo setup, the intercooler and everything to the bed. And then I moved the radiator up front. It's got like a monstrous radiator the size of a semi truck now. Because um, I don't know if you remember, but in 2020, when I set the record, I set the record in limp mode. And um, the truck was in limp mode, which is like 250 horsepower from... Uh, uh, devil's playground all the way to the top so we we drastically increased the cooling on the truck so you, it, it was just derating because the, of the heat then yeah it was derating because of the heat it, it was just the egts and and you know when when air is less dense it can't cool things as well either so um cooling is a big issue at pike's peak uh bell intercoolers made us a big custom radiator for it this gigantic intercooler that's like you know, it could be on like a unlimited, you know, sled pull truck kind of thing. It's just huge. It's in the bed. Um, it's got a 14 gallon capacity intercooler uh, for the water to air. And then it's also got independent rear suspension now. And um, Steeda actually helped us out with that. So it's got a S550 Mustang rear end uh, with an RTS quick change in it and uh, all the Steeda goodies on it with some uh, Moton three-way dampers and you did that because you just weren't hooking in the corners or what was going on that you needed to go to the um, uh, the it irs would, uh, with the it had a live axle a winner's live axle in it before um and that thing was bulletproof but it would peg leg coming out of the corners because smoky just makes you know ridiculous amounts of torque um so it just overpowered the diff and it and it wouldn't really do limited slip things what tire so sizes we, are you uh, running in the back on that thing 335, 710, 18. That's like a viperish size. 335, man. Yeah, that's the no rear joke. Wheels are, yeah, the rear wheels are 18 by 14, and the front wheels are 18 by 12. Okay. Do you so, need more meat, I mean, or is that enough? Uh, I can't get any more meat. That's the biggest uh, I can get in a Toyo prototype slick. Yeah, and you're a Toyo guy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm one of Toyo's drivers, and uh, they custom make me t tires in Japan for Pikes Peak. Wow. Like, they're... They're just like four old. They're it's the Toyo prototype slick. They're amazing. I'm trying to find a set of Toyos in their uh, really ancient. Is that actually a trailer tire now for my old flat fender uh, GPW? And so it has a six. Basically, the military tire was a six by point five by sixteen, and a six fifty sixteen. Yep, and Toyo actually yeah. makes a seven fifty sixteen, but it's a ten ply, which means that. The weight of the the flat fender trailer probably, tire, yeah. I pro yeah, I probably need like two two psi, and I'll never get a flat with it. <laughs> so I reached out to Toyo because we have a great relationship with them. I said, "Hey, 
I see you guys have a, a 7.50 uh, by 16. And they said, oh, we're out of stock. We'll check on it. And they just got back to me today and they said, it'll be back by the end of next month if you want to wait. And I'm oh, like, well, yeah, I want yeah, those. So yeah. that's what we're going to put on that old thing. Talk about two products from the same company that couldn't be any different, any no. more different, right? Like, it's just, <laughs> no. like, I've got a prototype slick and I'm like, I've got a trailer tire on my old <laughs> on Jeep. On my GPW, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, and, and yeah, how, so Toyo, Toyo makes this other cool tire that we use on our uh, on our Overland Porsches. It's a uh, it's called the M55. It's got the the Toyo um, the Toyo lettering is like straight out of the 60s or 70s on it. It's re- they're really cool. Oh, that that thing is awesome because it's it's sort of like a um, like a Baja bug. No, no, well the 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 Porsches, the Overland Porsches that they do are freaking crazy. Go go check out yeah. the social because they're just rad. Yeah, I call them the well-heeled man's Baja bug. <laughs> <laughs> so Toyo tried to push me into the M55 for the for the GPW, um, but they just didn't have the tire size I needed. You know, I really needed that 7.5. So, but I remember the going. Oh, I know where I've seen those tires before on mm-hmm. the uh, Porsche builds. So, how did the Aaron Kaufman thing come about? I, I've heard that he has moved up to Colorado or is in the process of moving there. I guess he's raced. Yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know this, but he's he's actually competed. A few times up yeah, there. Yeah, so Aaron Aaron's done Pikes Peak a few times before. He's done him in his in his Falcon. He's done him in Sierra cars. You know, we we've become friends, and I wanted someone that I trusted, um, that I knew was competent, and that I knew would respect Old Smokey because it's it's my pride and joy. Like, you know, I want to I want to take my diesel record and put it up where up where it's like really hard to get. So that's where the Le Mans prototype comes in. But I also still want Smokey to be at Pike's Peak, you know, and I still like the fans love old Smokey. And I just I just I love having it there. So well, and you weren't done that's where Aaron comes in with I, it I, in limp mode. When you set the record, you weren't done with it. And and at that point, you were kind of like, I can't wait to get it back out there and kill it with this. Yeah. And then the the prototype you know opportunity came up and you jumped at that. So I can only imagine going through your mind thinking, do I race both vehicles? How is this going to happen? So it seems like. Having so, Aaron is a great – that's a great partnership for you to, to like you said, have somebody who exactly. respects the build. So that, there's a funny story to that. So years ago, dudes could run two cars at Pikes Peak. You could race two different classes. Last year, I sent an email trying to set this up because I wanted to run Old Smokey, and then I wanted to get the helicopter flight back down and then jump in the prototype. And my thing was is I wanted to break the diesel record twice – in the same race and like you know that's never been done so like that was my goal i wanted to go up because uh, last year old smoky was all set up and revamped with all these updates it has now but i didn't get to race it um and mostly because my engine ended up not showing up from the shipper my engine was lost in the ether and the engine i have in smoky um, was hurt so i wasn't about to take old smoky and to Pike's Peak with a hurt engine and be the guy that oils down the track with, you know, 20 quarts of uh, diesel oil. So um, I went as a spectator last year and, uh, you know, now Aaron gets to drive uh, uh, Old Smokey this year. But anyways, they, they made a they made a rule against um, Pike's Peak made a rule against uh, a driver in two classes. So that made that not possible. So how much time has Aaron had in Old Smokey? I think Where do you practice he sat in it. That's what yeah, he said. Yeah, I was going to say, like, where do you even practice? Is the first opportunity going to be him on the practice days? No, there are some I, tracks no, up there. No. There are tracks Smokey, in Colorado. Smokey is a, uh, I mean, that thing's like, 
sitting on a silverback gorilla and giving it the taser. You know, you got to it's it's <laughs> definitely an acquired um, uh, driving experience. So, yeah, I would imagine that's uh, probably not something you trust a whole lot of people to. I, I, mean, I wouldn't think I would think the average person probably doesn't even get a chance to sit in it let alone drive it. Hopefully well, I, Aaron yeah. is uh, taking his responsibility seriously. Uh, I mean, you, we glossed kind of over it before, but the torque, I want you to just douse some information on our on our listeners. How much torque right. is that thing putting down? And then explain the shifts and how violent the shifts can be. So Smokey in, in high tune makes 1,400 horsepower and over 2,100 pound-feet of torque. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. So... Yeah, in a forty-two hundred pound truck. Right. So that's a light switch of power. I mean, it's just. Yeah, and I mean, any if you, Jay, I'm both you guys. You guys have both driven highly tuned diesels. Like it's really hard to get a smooth power band with a diesel. Uh, especially um, at altitude when you've got chargers uh, spilling up and. If uh, if any of the listeners want to go on YouTube to my uh, and check out my YouTube, it's just at Chuckles Garage, like all my other socials. You can see the in-car video of the truck and how much counter steer that I input into that thing all the way up. It, you're just you're either going straight spinning the tires or you're going around the corner like flirting with, you know, getting sideways. You just it's it's constant in and out of the throttle and every and corner is Jim Connor. There are a few <laughs> a few of those you watch yeah. and you're like, "Oh, oh, it's like butt pucker." You're like, "Oh, oh, oh man, he pulls it off." You know, it's it's 11 minutes of living. You know that you're <laughs> you're uh, you're definitely spent by the time you get to the top. But and 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 the shifts you talked about, we had spoken offline, and and, and getting a sequential to shift properly and, and smoothly is a challenge. So with that much torque. So we actually tried. Uh, one of my partners is Six uh, XD Sequential. Mm-hmm. They make the best sequential on the planet. They are absolutely bulletproof and i don't know if you've ever seen them but they are works of art we put one of those in smoky for last year and smoky made so much torque that the sequential wouldn't work without a clutch because the dogs wouldn't disengage and when you finally could get it to disengage it was the most violent experience i've ever like worse than having a detroit locker in the uh, rear on a rainy day going around the corner in like an old k5 or something um the same experience, but far more violent and going straight on dry pavement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, there's a possibility that we might try to the LMP car. Uh, the Le Mans prototype is getting a six XD in it, but the Le Mans prototype is only going to be making like 800 pound feet of torque. Um, and it doesn't have nearly as much rotational mass as like the big Cummins engine with the, you know, 200 plus pound crank. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more like, you know, it's got about the same size and girth as a, a Chevrolet LS. Yeah. I think that what we um, have to explain to people is that the, the engine is rotating at such a rate that you can't slow it down fast enough to make the shift. It's got too much inertia. Whereas yeah, a, a gas, only if you use a clutch. Yeah. A, a gas engine, for example, you can cut the spark. It'll drop an RPM fast enough that you can make that gear change. It doesn't work the same with, the, with a big ass diesel like this. No, it doesn't. It doesn't slow down fast enough. So I'm sure if we put a torque converter in between it, it, it could have worked. But we just didn't have that developmental time. So uh, we've been using – so like when I – the transmission that I set the record in, 
uh, was done by ATS Diesel in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Our friend Clint and, Cannon. Um, yeah, Clint. Yeah, he's and he's made me really good transmissions. Um, so I just went back to that transmission. And uh, that's what that's what uh, Aaron will be driving in 2022. Perfect. You know, another great thing about Aaron is that being a mechanic and being a guy who's also a perfectionist, in our opinion, is that I think he's going to be able to give you a lot of great driver feedback, which other drivers. I think that's part of a driver's job is to provide feedback. But I, I mean, Holman and I have had countless conversations with him. And I think the feedback that he can give you is is priceless. I, I think that's an advantage yeah. over other guys, I think, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I really, he's, he's the right guy for the job. That's why I picked him. I mean, I got, I have so many friends that are professional racing drivers and I, I just, uh, I don't know. He's just like, his I, was, I, his heart I didn't even it. like think who's going to drive for me this year. I'm like, man, I hope Aaron can drive this year. It's just no brainer for me. I think a lot of his feedback is going to be, you know, what are you thinking? Uh, why, why does this truck do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what why did why did you or did you know that it does yeah i did why didn't you fix it <laughs> just got used to it are, are you guys about the same uh size human will you have to uh move the seats and pedals yeah, and all that kind of stuff aaron is shorty he's he's smaller than i am i'm like uh i'm 210 pounds and 511 so yeah he's probably going to require a smaller seat but the uh the pedal reach will be fine because i am so cramped in that thing already so I mean, I'm sure my daughter could reach the pedals in that thing. She's 10, so. I mean, that's the thing about old trucks, right, is it's uh, you don't really have a lot of space. Yeah. Humans were no, smaller back it, then. I don't think people were smaller. I just think they didn't care about comfort that much in their vehicle. <laughs> that could that could be <laughs> yeah. it. That could be it. I mean, they're just, the, the ergonomics in those old Ford trucks are just the worst. Yeah, even even in my uh, 67 F100, you know, with a, a modern seat in it, I, you still kind of go, uh, is my you know I'm going to be hitting the steering with my knee to try and do the oh, brake you pedal gotta, you know or you your, gotta, your you gut sitting smoky man it's an experience you are so cramped uh, I I heard Scott Birdsall say you should take Smokey around the block that's what I heard I'd let I'd let you drive it around the block well, just, whoa uh, oh well, that, we, that'd make I, a great video I, I was to say we, we would bring cameras for that yeah oh do it oh. so really quick I don't want to go deep into the LMP car because it's a car and not a truck but I do it is an eco diesel which I think a lot of guys can relate it's to powered by a truck engine though. that's what I'm saying right so whether you have that in a ram or a Jeep a lot of guys are our listeners are familiar familiar with the eco diesel the three liter so h- how did that come about just quickly well um, my friend Pat who uh, owns safecraft and next gen fuel he's one of my uh, partners in our race efforts he re- he had an eco diesel in a trophy truck uh, at like 700 horsepower and, uh, they did the uh, Baja 1000 with it with no issues, you know, and I know, I know, I know Gail over at Banks, he does, uh, he does eco diesel stuff. So I figured it must be a, it must be a good enough motor. You know, it's lightweight. It's got the, it's got the, uh, compressed graphite iron block. It's got a good uh, bed plate. Yeah. It revs pretty good. Yeah. And it revs pretty good and it's, and it's lightweight. So it was kind of a no brainer. Um, also, uh, you know, ARE makes a full dry sump system for it. So like there's no development there and enough people make parts for it that it's a, it's a feasible race engine. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever said that about eco diesel. Other than me, but, <laughs> no, um, they haven't. Probably not. You know, John over at freedom racing, he's, they're also building that for me this year. So they're going to stick their necks out and uh, take a stab at, at making a, uh, making an eco diesel last for, probably the most abusive race in the world. 
Which is uh, awesome because that one or two other guys who've been waiting for somebody to step up and develop something for the EcoDiesel is uh, gonna they're gonna lodge you a hero, my friend, mm-hmm. and uh, they're gonna be happy that there's some uh, racing support for that thing. I think it's a cool motor, you know. It like, is. It, I honestly was thinking, man, if we could make these things strong enough, like that'd be cool, you know. If you could make it make you know a thousand horse with like some really good internals and hold together, like. That'd be amazing and smoky because it would just, I mean, I'd lose, what, 600 pounds off the nose of the truck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it would also allow me to convert it to all-wheel drive, which I've been wanting to for a long time. Oh, that'd be so, interesting. Yeah. Can you imagine something, 1,000-horse diesel, all-wheel drive, road racing? That'd be amazing. I mean, it's it's very Hoonigan-esque. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I am one of the Hoonigan athletes, so I kind of have that... There you go. You got the, D- the DNA. Look at that humble brag right yeah, there. Yeah, it's a yeah, humble brag. <laughs> hey, let's, let's talk Toyota now. So I follow you on social, and a while back you posted a picture of an old school like '90s Toyota truck that you had a rendering of, and it was right. a uh, extra cab, and it was slammed with uh, the hubcaps and done in the old Toyota livery. And you said, "I want to go to Bonneville and set a, a, a speed record." Does anybody have trucks? And then I watched that yeah. or- ordeal of people uh, basically offering up the wrong truck, uh, <laughs> crappy versions of the truck, way overpriced versions of that truck on your social for the past few months. And you actually just found one. So you've got a donor to make it happen. So I'm kind of curious. First of all, what was the premise of I want to go do land speed racing now? And then how did you find that truck? We, we, we could circle back to the part where I said I don't have any self-control. <laughs> um, Noted. My guy, Tim, uh, he's one of my crew members at Pikes Peak. Um, he's been there since the first race, and uh, he has salty box racing. He has a mega, not a mega cab. What's the, I don't know, ex, he has an extra cab, full-size Dodge, long bed, Cummins-powered truck that holds the uh, diesel pickup land speed record at Bonneville. So he's he's been kind of a little bird in my ear chirping at me about coming and doing that. Except he's not a little bird. He's like, you know... 400 pound human gorilla <laughs> hybrid. Which is why he has a mega cab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope he's listening. He'll get a good laugh about that. <laughs> Early on in my, in my, uh, in my car guy career, I was a mini trucker and yes. I had a 94 Toyota extra cab truck. Did it have the and right mirror and the, uh, no radio, the radio it, delete and the no AC? Ha- did it have Renaults? I had the full poverty version of that truck. I had the <laughs> deluxe. <laughs> So, Did you have so what, what the, was the one that everybody put on that truck? It was the three spoke, and they were sort of faceted. Uh, that was oh, the those Anky. Were so bad. Were those Ankies? Uh, they those might have been Ankies. And then there was primes. the the hmm. Daisies and the gummy bear wheels. Yeah, but yeah, no, I didn't have gummy. I those were the Renaults, right? The the bear wheels. Yeah. The, so the, I had a Renaults were spoke pickup. Uh, I had it body dropped, and I had sixteen by seven Renaults on it, mm. and it was it was pretty cool looking truck, but. You know, I was I was financially irresponsible when I was in college, and the thing got repossessed. Well, that sucks. Ever since then, I have wanted a '94 Toyota mini truck, and I've had oh, all kinds of other things. I get it because you want to set the speed record to outrun the repossessor when they come for that truck. <laughs> exactly, the repo man ain't catching it at two forty. No, you know, the, you know, the real story is is that he's too embarrassed to have this for the right reason, which is it's cool, and I always wanted one, and I didn't uh-huh. get to keep my first. But it's not a good enough excuse to, to get it. Not Maybe, for Scott no, Burzall today. Well, it's not manly. He's like, I want a mini truck with a scissor scissor bed, and it's, I want a dancing bed and it's spinning. <laughs> What's no. wrong with that? No, he can't say that because that's embarrassing. What he can 
say that's this. not embarrassing. I'm going to go. That's not embarrassing. That's not embarrassing at all. You saying that is embarrassing. <laughs> all right. Scott Burzoff shows up in that. Everybody wants one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No, what's in. What's embarrassing is I had eight 12-inch Rockford Fosgate subwoofers in the back. Yes. <laughs> did, did, did it have a but walkthrough? I couldn't afford my car payment. <laughs> did, did it have a walkthrough, and did you have a Gaylord or, or a Super Shell? Or? I, had a, I had a Lear 100X uh, camper shell on it. <laughs> oh, no. Those then, did not have good uh, dampening. That thing just vibrated. It breathed. You hit those 18s, oh, yeah. and the whole no, thing just was, breathes. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. And then it was before like uh, everybody started using air suspension, so I had like air shocks on all four corners oh. and it barely got it, uh, it barely got it off the ground Finnegan had the same uh, problem with his mini truck <laughs> yes. back in the day right yeah it was oh. it was so bad and then like on the back i had like helper springs and air air shocks and you just... had a crystal skull for your shifter <laughs> for your shift I didn't have a crystal skull. <laughs> no he had an eight I had, ball i can't remember if it was budweiser or what but it was a beer tap <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course he he did. Did. <laughs> mexican blanket uh, on the seat yep and then no, <laughs> P- puka shells that. on your uh, on your rearview mirror <laughs> No, you guys, you guys can't even. Each puka shell was a conquest, like, by the way. You can't understand the level of interior I had. I had white painted dashboard with pink splatter paints all over it. Oh, awesome! <laughs> Please tell me that extended to the outside. No, no, uh, but I did. I did have the. Uh, I did have the uh, splatter painted uh, um, engine parts and stuff like that. Hey, you know, back in 1993, I also had a GT Outpost with splatter paint on it. <laughs> I am happy I never Dude, did it was that. all about it was all about scallops and heartbeats and uh and you and went splatter yeah then. did you wear oakley blades dude how could you not which I ear which ear had your earring too. in it uh, you know what I've never pierced anything well the ladies just got sad <laughs> yeah yeah so, I, I was I kind of I was like man what'd I just say <laughs> what what is the record at the Bonneville salt flats for whatever class you're going for the mini midsize pickup record, and I'm going to do the up to three liters class, um, and it's in the high 190s right now. You could do that. Do you, do you know what yeah, engine so you're going to use? I'm not just a, the diesel guy, but I'm also a 2JZ guy. Like, I knew so you were going to say 2JZ. I knew it. Yeah. So I'm using a, uh, a built stock stroke, stock bore, um, three liter 2JZ, probably get around 1,300 horsepower out of it. Brian Crower is going to help us out with the parts on that and, you know, with a big Garrett Turbo on it. And then, you know, like a 6XD sequential behind it. So the power to weight ratio will definitely be there. The weird thing about Bonneville is you want your truck to weigh like as much as you possibly can. Yeah, because you don't want to so lift it up. Traction. Yeah. Are you going to add wings and, and, and lips and spoilers and everything else? Or how are you going to get it to stick to the ground? So that's the that's the challenging part about the mini mid pickup record pretty much you're not allowed any aerodynamic devices on the truck body like you can't put a wicker on the top of the cab you know you can't smooth out any body parts you have to run the factory grill the factory headlights factory bumper tow mirrors um you can take the mirrors off i'll put some dodge tow mirrors on it can yeah you'd be one of those uh, guys who has the invisible trailer behind right. you can you imagine tow mirrors at 195 miles an hour it just you know what? I gotta say, I'm guilty of that. So I've I've got a I've got a 2018 Ram 3500 dually, and with the with the tow mirrors flipped in, I can't see crap. So I mean, I always drive with them flipped out. But you don't right? have the little parabolic Miller mirrors in the corners. That's how you just. No, you I'm sl- not a hundred years old. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just so you know, Scott, you're talking to the guy that ordered toe mirrors that flip up on, his, t- on his TRX. Accidentally. Yeah, he said he's getting called effort. out now. Accidentally. He's getting called out now, so he what says you, accidentally. What are you talking about? Who, who did that? Uh, my man Lightning across the table ordered his TRX and got the flip up trailer toe mirrors. I on saw it. retractable, and I uh-huh. thought that was the right mirror, and uh-huh. I showed my build uh-huh. sheet to uh, yeah. home, and he goes, Oh, you wanted the toe mirrors? I go, No, I don't want the toe mirrors. <laughs> I wanted the flip up. And he, or, or the, the flip up. Oh, see, he in. said it right there. Flip in. Uh-huh. Flip in. Uh-huh. I wanted the ones that, you um, know, you hit the key fob and they fold in. That's what I thought I was getting, Scott, not flip up. Clearly he's 100. Oh, come I'm on. I'm judging you. <laughs> you should. You should. <laughs> so what's your time frame for getting this thing built up and uh, and what do you have to do to the donor? Um, everything. Is, so, it, is it driving? Or does it have an engine in it or anything? Is it a shell? No, like, it runs. It's it's like I bought a nice truck. I just got oh, a really good deal on it. Damn it. And I feel bad chopping it up, but it is a V6, and everybody knows those three-liter V6s back then were Oh, garbage. dude, the back, the back two cylinders like to uh, yep. heat up and uh, chunk uh, head gaskets. I had yeah. one, and the head gasket went, and I gave it. I traded mine for yard work. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I traded it for cement in my backyard. Wow. The guy's like, uh, yeah. he's like, uh, it's like three grand or something for the backyard work. I'm like- he goes, but I'll trade you for the truck. I go, I'm like, and I knew it had a bad head, head gasket. I'm like, it's yours. Do it. <laughs> wow. That's, that's you couldn't give bad. it to him fast enough? No. Oh, my god. Although the outside was pristine, had a, had a stereo system, the whole thing in it. But uh-huh. that engine was like, like, nope, I didn't want anything to do. Man, was that thing <laughs> gutless, too. Yeah. yeah you know, were. I was shocked at the value of these old trucks. Like, I, fi- I thought when I first started there is no thinking value about this now. project. Yeah, I figured I'd go out and buy one for like five hundred bucks or something. They're five nope. grand. Nope, dude. A right now, and I'll, I'll get into uh, the California pompousness, but right now, if you were to get a first generation Tacoma double cab with almost three hundred thousand miles and it runs, you're probably looking at like twelve thousand dollars. That's it's crazy. Amazingly wild. Oh, Land Cruisers like a FJ eighty, dude. Eighties. Just running 80s that aren't even nice are like 15. If you get one that's in pretty good shape, no rust, paint's decent, you're looking at 20, and one that's low mileage and I mean anything under 100, you're looking close to 20 grand for the for a 95 or 96. It's wild how much some of that stuff is right now. Wild. Yeah, man. Pretty much any Toyota before the Tacoma was just an amazing product. So Yeah. Like even the Tacoma is a really good one, but like before they actually gave the Toyota truck a name. Right. <laughs> like those were the best trucks ever made. What and, is it? And I'll it's fight anyone that, that has any, anybody, anything to say Scott's about that. Scott's going to be sitting at, uh, at Bonneville and he'll be like, uh, best truck ever made. Fight me. <laughs> you know, sitting at his little <laughs> card table with like a poster. Dude, I'll take you down to the salt. What do you think you'll be able to do with the 2JZ in that thing? With no arrow though, dude. He's got to break 190-something. Right. Right? With no like, arrow. I don't know. 220-something, maybe? Damn. Really? Did you ever tell the story Tim- about my buddy Timbo Horton, who uh, is a Bonneville 200-mile-an-hour uh, club guy? No. We uh, we called Tim the fastest man at Bonneville without a bike because uh, uh, he was racing, and he used to race uh, for uh, for Nolan Racing. And, for who? Uh, they're uh, Nolan Racing. They're a NHRS uh, or I'm sorry, uh, NRHS, and he was on Buell bodywork V twin going for the V twin record, and in this particular race, the uh, aluminum swing arm cracked <gasps> at 190 or 180 miles an hour, something like that. And Scooter Grubb, who's a famous photographer out there who shoots everybody, uh, got the whole sequence of Timbo f- uh, flying off the bike at you know, 180 miles an hour. Oh my god! And I asked Timbo, I'm like, 
what was it like? He goes, well, when I hit the ground, I just kept sliding on the salt, and I was thinking, okay, this isn't horrible. He goes, and then the bike landed on my arm. And so he had to go through a lot, oh. of, a lot of rehab and all that, and you know, he's, he's, he's riding and does all that stuff today. But we like to say he's the fastest man at Bonneville without a bike. <laughs> without a bike. Yeah, yeah that's bike. scary. Yeah, that's I mean, just crazy. That's like, that's like jumping onto a belt sander in a leather suit. Dude, it's wild. I mean, you just you look at what the guys are doing out there. I mean, even Jesse Combs with her record and you know trying to attempt to set the record and all that. I mean, it's it's speed's no joke. You know, nope. especially when you don't have arrow. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's it's something I've never done. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. So Pikes Peak is at the at the end of June, beginning of June. I can't recall. Uh, June twenty sixth. June twenty sixth, and they webcast a lot of it. It en- some of it ends up on television. So yeah, you can live you can live stream the whole thing. Um, and I think Mobile One Mobile One sets that up, but they have it on the Mobile One Facebook where you can just watch the uh, live stream. Come June, we're going to be watching you. Actually, I'm going to be up there, so I'll, I'll see you in person. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be up there, right? I am going to be up don't, there, yes. Don't look him in the eye before the race. Only find him after. I don't want him to have any bad juju I'm not, from you. Nope, I'll, I'll keep my distance. So no, that Yeah, fine. so that's the thing. Like, uh, right before the race, when I get in the truck, like, I, I don't talk to anyone. Like, it's it's just yeah. uh, Nor should no you. eye contact, nothing. Yeah. You know, I, I do the same thing. Uh, and typically, when uh, Lightning approaches me, I just tell him I have a race in a few minutes. and then <laughs> just Even like, when you're standing in the parking lot with no car? Right, yeah. yeah. yeah I just look yeah. at the ground and say, dude, you, you know I'm, I'm going to race right now. You're I mean, just a dick. Just, you got to keep things from getting awkward, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, Lightning does enough awkwardness for the both mm-hmm. of us. Yeah, thanks. I, I do have to uh, I have to correct the record on my uh, my Toyo tire size. I got the uh, LT metric equivalent is what I'm looking at, which is the 235-85-16, which is the equivalent of the 7.5. You thought our audience was going to blast you on that? Yeah, I did, because they do do that. They'll go, <laughs> I look on there because I need that for my trailer. And there's another manufacturer I was looking at their tires, and they had the 7.5. So then mm-hmm. I went to Toyo to see the equivalent. And so anyway, so I'm hoping to get the Toyos on the uh, on the old GPW. Okay. Because that'll be rad. Okay. Hey, did you sell your Supra, by the way, or is that still in your possession? No, I was having an emo moment. Yeah, I thought so. so. I was wondering if you, if you did one of those things where – you got all crazy and then sold it, and then the second it drove away, you went, "Damn it! Why did I do that?" So I'm glad to hear that you did. No, I just I've just had some bad luck with that car, so I I can't sell it though. I love that thing. Don't you have a rad license plate on it too? Yeah, it's just Beust. 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 Yes, love it. All right, Scott. Great catching up with you. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking. Uh, I'd like to talk just before you uh, hit the hill. So or just all after. right. Let's do it. Yeah. Or just after. Or just after. I don't, How about I don't, during? Well, I don't think during, but I think actually if we're up there, I'll grab some audio just after after the what, race. What, no, what you should do is without him knowing, so he's not worried about it, is put a recorder in there mm-hmm. so you can hear all the sounds of Scott doing a record run. I don't need to. He does that. He, he... No, no. You're, you're not going to hear it over the exhaust. I mean, it's loud. I mean, you watch it on his YouTube you channel. Sound like, you sound like one of those sand people from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, how did you turn into a coyote? Well, no, that's what they do. They bark. <laughs> yeah, right. By the way, talking you about. saw there's a coyote on my roof. The yeah, other day, I saw right? that. Okay, yeah, just checking. So weird they had a coyote on your roof in Huntington Beach, California. <laughs> yeah, and you hung out there for like an hour. And you were, you're in the city. I mean, in, the, in the city, city yeah. in the city. Yeah. You, there's not like a grass field nearby. There's no. just city. And there's a coyote on my roof. So weird. So we went from like talking about Rolexes yep. to race cars to yep. mini trucks. That's how we roll. Yep. And then now we're talking about Star Wars and sand people and coyotes. Is this is this the most diverse truck show? Not from it. Not even far from it. We didn't even hit food on this one. Yeah. 
No. And Santa Rosa has some damn good barbecue. Oh, so I think I just God, no. I just need to come up and visit Scott because <laughs> oh, if he's going to let me seriously. take Old Smoky for uh, for no, a lap, come on, stop. Why? Stop. He said I could drive Old Smoky. No. You must be out of your mind. He come said on, I could go drive Old Smoky. <laughs> I have to go put miles on the TRX. I may just drive up there randomly one day, just show up at a shop, and I'll be like, hi, uh, I did a podcast with you a couple times, and then you text me emojis and, and mm. gifts. Want to go to lunch? Let's uh, let's race for pinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Ram would be really happy when I give away their, uh, <laughs> their, their vehicle. <laughs> hey, uh, we're coming to pick it up. Your year with it's up. Oh, a funny story about that. I lost the pinks to Scott Birdsall. He now has it. Yeah. You don't even have the pink to lose. And he took the engine out and put it in something cool to go up bikes. I, I would, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. It. You're the man. Always appreciate catching up with you. All right, guys. All right. We'll talk All right, brother. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. All right, later. All right. Later. I think we need to hang out with Scott before pre-mountain, uh, pre-Pikes I'm Peak. going up there for uh, lunch. Are you, are you going to try to pull that off? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Should we both go? No. Oh. I mean, you can if you want. I'll meet you there. How many hours is it? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah. Uh. Ah. Oh, that's weird. It's getting weird. <laughs> Super awkward. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No, I did not. This just in. Holman does not want to spend all the hours with you <laughs> heading up to uh, East Coast. Uh, Santa Rosa, California, about uh, five-ish, I think. Five, six hours. That's a lot. Somewhere around there. That now. really means 10 or 12. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good co-pilot. I'm a great, I'm a great DJ. Mm-hmm. That way you like, had somebody. If you, like, if you like my kind of music, that's <laughs> safe. You like is that way you had somebody else DJ your wife's party? Uh huh. Because you're so good at it, yeah. huh? That's so I could stand around and drink. That's really why I did it. Hey, uh, did you hear? I mean, no, no, no. I did not. Uh, the refreshed 2022 Chevy Silverado 1500. Not gonna get uh, all the features because uh, lots of impacts from the microchip shortage, including uh, rear park assist, front and rear park assist, heated steering wheel, heated rear seats. Front seats, ventilated front seats. Uh, so most of that stuff will only come on the really high Zoot models. Mm. So, high? Did you say Zoot? High Zoot. High Zoot. Yes. As in Z O O T. Correct. I don't know what that means. You've never heard of High Zoot? High Zoot. Type it into Google. Well, you do a search on the interwebs, you uh, might find that it implies overpriced, um, or that it is uh, really cool, and it comes from the word Zooty for a sharp. Or fashionable or showy. Like a zoot suit? Zoot. It does. I believe it does have roots in zoot suit. If, huh. you, if you wanted to have a riot, we could make that happen. If we can make a what? A, a oh, zoot suit riot? Thank you. Jeez. Oh, my Lord. A You're going back to, to the that. ska reference You're again. Of course. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what you got? Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, 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 no. No, I did not. The 2023 Cadillac Escalade V. Has finally been shown. Escalade V. Wow. High performance Escalade. Uh, the rumor is that under the hood is a supercharged 6.2 liter LT4, which will make somewhere around 650 horsepower. Oh, my Lord. In Escalade. Oh, my Lord. That means you can hop it up further. And it, uh, if it does have that much power, uh, that means that you're going to uh, 
kick the uh, Schmanks off of a uh, Lamborghini Urus <laughs> or uh, Aston Martin DBX. Wow. Supercharged 6-2. Yeah, LT4 for the win. Yeah, strong. Hey, so. Lightning, did you hear? No! No, I did not. Uh, Ford PR guy uh, Mike Levine had posted a uh, photo on his, I believe it was his social media on Instagram, that showed a trio of uh, raptors that were flying in formation, and one says, Ranger Raptor, and one says, F-150 Raptor, and one said, Bronco Raptor. And when you slid over, it showed a hypersonic aircraft and said, Ford F-150 Raptor R. Uh, apparently teasing mm. about the upcoming V8 Raptor R, mm. which we do believe will have the 5.2-liter supercharged Predator V8. Uh, could it be 700 horsepower? I doubt it because that means it'll be uh, less than Ram. Uh, rumor has it that they're looking around 750 horsepower. <laughs> wow. 750. So unofficially official. It's gonna make me. It's get. Is it gonna make me feel bad about my uh, my Every, order? Everything should make you feel bad about that. Yeah, I know you. You relish that, don't you? A little bit. Hey, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Uh, someone leaked pictures of the Cybertruck Alpha prototype. Uh, it's the same one that we saw driving around previously with the external mirrors on it, which look horrible. Um, a new front fascia and bumper, production-looking wheels and tires. Uh, looks like a somewhat uh, more of a curved windshield with one giant uh, windshield wiper. And it looks a little bit smaller, as expected, from the uh, the first uh, prototype. But uh, Now, when you say, okay, now when you say curved windshield, I just looked over your shoulder at your laptop. Yeah. And I try not to give you You uh, can see the light COVID. here. Um, yeah, it's not curved like no, you're thinking curved. No, no, it's no. the ends. It, it's like yeah. an iPhone where it's just the, yeah. the, the, the edges are curved. Uh, so it has six lugs on it. It doesn't have – the flares look more production intent, but it doesn't appear to have amber reflectors or things like that that would be required. So, so I don't really know if – It's a real alpha? No, no, no. I don't really – I don't know how close this is to production intent. Hmm. You know, a Tesla kind of keeps a lot of the stuff close to the vest. Um, I would say that it's done a great job of keeping the uh, Cybertruck vibe, if you like that sort of thing, and I'm not hmm. really a fan. Okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No, 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 no! Did not hear. Uh, no. Sounds like uh, there are rumors that the, uh, I don't know, you at the Banks booth saw the Toyota booth across from you at SEMA? Yes. And it had that uh, Tundra on 37s, full Baja pre-runner yeah, style? Yeah, it was gorgeous. Apparently, that's a precursor to something they're actually working on. Looks like no uh, way. Tundra might have something above the Pro to uh, go toe-to-toe with Raptor and TRX. No kidding. Um, that was clearly, when you got up close to it, it was... Um, it was it, it was not a one off, but I can see how that would be inspiration for something. Well, that's SEMA. Everything's one off, and yeah. they're teasing you for look at the Ford booth. Everything in there was one off. Look at the Chevy booth. Everything's yeah. one off. Okay, good point. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, God, no. I did not. Uh, there's a new patent filing that reveals a longer uh, Defender called the Defender 130, which is like a really long wheelbase. Would have been funnier Defender. if you said Defender. That's. Funny. <laughs> do you want to redo the bit? So uh, if you like the uh, new Defender and you need a uh, third row with cargo behind it, mm-hmm. you might get that chance, I guess. Okay. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! No! <laughs> no, I did uh, not. Somebody might be out there yelling that because uh, all Ford Maverick orders mm-hmm. uh, have stopped. 
<laughs> so if you're looking to get a uh, oh, Maverick, no. uh, sounds like why? Uh, because after January 27th, Ford isn't taking any more orders because they just cannot meet uh, meet the demand. demand is Whoa. so crazy. In Whoa. fact, I took a picture the other day with one that had a uh, like a plumber rack on it mm-hmm. on the back. So starting to see work truck uh, use out of it. Um, it, it I, forgive me for not recalling. Is it made on the same line as the F one fifty or no? No, it's the same chassis as the Bronco Sport. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, apparently they just have too much demand. So for all you people that got excited about the Maverick, uh, sorry, you got to wait a while. Just right. like you got to wait for the Bronco. Mm. For those of you who are still waiting for the Bronco. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? I did not. That reminds me of, uh, what's that one band? They I was like, uh, they're hot for like five minutes. These uh, metal band saying about- uh, the, the English band? Yeah, the something. The Darkness. Ooh, the darkness. Yes. What was the hit they had? I don't know, but he had a like a super soprano voice, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I believe in the Yeah. yeah. Woo! Higher than my wow, voice. Wow, yeah. we went way off track for that. <laughs> That's what we do. Oh my gosh. Now so- we need to follow it with a talk about barbecue. Uh, don't have that. Sorry, I already covered barbecue in the show. Hey, Got Lightning, it. did you hear? I mean, no, no. I did not. All electric powered Airstream E-Stream trailer can assist its tow vehicle. The power assist helps with the tow vehicle's driving range. Uh, and apparently, travel trailers and toy haulers are already electric-ish, right? Mm-hmm. Because the trailers utilize campground shore power or uh, use their onboard batteries. When there's no external electrical sources, obviously electricity is pretty important. So Thor Industries, owner of the Airstream brand... I didn't know that Thor owned Airstream. Oh, yeah. They bought them a while back. Thor owns like everything. There's only like three RV manufacturers in the world now. I mean, at least the big guys. Okay. So apparently uh, they're introducing the Airstream E-Stream. So it's a traditional Airstream-shaped aluminum shell, right? But it covers Thor's own high-voltage electric chassis that distinguishes this concept travel trailer from uh, the competition. The electric drivetrain powers the wheels. It allows the E-Stream to uh, help carry its own load instead of putting the full burden on the tow vehicle. So kind of like motorized assistance. It's an E-assist. So essentially, oh. if you have an electric vehicle in, in order to keep your range up, the trailer will kind of help itself along. Hmm. But it would theoretically reduce vehicle wear and tear. Now, so. wait, hey, could you make the wheels on the trailer generators and then charge the vehicle. Well, you can flat tow (gasps) a- That's a perpetual motion machine. I know, but I don't think you do it at the rate that you would burn it. Uh, The Rivian can flat tow and get charged back if you have to tow a dead one. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason you couldn't do that on it. But then that would make the range go down because of all the resistance from trying to create electricity. It sounds like uh, black magic to me, Lightning. I think it is. Uh, Anyway, the Airstream E-Stream electric drivetrain was- uh, Developed with uh, ZF, it consists of two offset electric motors, each produce 30 kilowatts of continuous power or a maximum of 90 kilowatts, which is about 40 to 120 horsepower each and a maximum of 66 pound-feet of torque. So the energy, uh, about 30 times more than the largest lithium battery system of today's Airstreams, is stored in two high-voltage automotive-grade uh, battery modules that provide 80 kilowatts of power. And so it uh, powers both the drivetrain and the amenities and uh, says that the battery has enough power to survive comfortably without any hookups for up to two weeks. Oh, my God. Which seems like a long time. And it can be charged at EV uh, stations, and then there's a separate 30-amp input for any uh, RV campground hookups. So. That does sound kill. I mean, uh, although it sounds like a bomb. Sounds it, like a, which sounds one? Like, does it sound killer or sound like a bomb? Uh, I mean, it sounds neat, but it also sounds like you're living atop a bomb. 
I mean, just uh, just because you have batteries, a lot of lot of energy there. You've got you've got a stove no, and air conditionings above it, and all kinds. Of, so that's different from a regular RVY because you're not cooking above the lithium ion batteries but, and all that stuff. But you have gas and propane flowing through your trailer instead of electricity. Isn't that more dangerous? No. Oh, okay. Just saying. Do you remember the Samsung phones that blew up? <laughs> 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 Reach way back to prove your point on that one. All right, Lightning, uh, did you hear? How about no? No, I did not. The 2023 Toyota Sequoia is uh, a Toyota Highlander with a tundra nose. I saw it, and I got to tell you, I really like it. I like the LED uh, light bar under the Toyota logo, and I also it's just a like the same thing as the Tundra. I love it. I really like it. Uh, I'm on my. We've had two. We like at last show. I told you definitely not plain and boring. I'll we had the KC. Our friends at KC gave us their Toyota Tundra, uh, and now we have another potential guest from the show from uh, RPM Garage out of Monrovia. They loaned us their silver Tundra, so it had two Tundras. They're going to be a guest on the show. He's great. He's got. Okay. He's doing all kinds of overlanding stuff. Yep. Um, he actually listens to our show, which I didn't know. It's kind of cool. I really like the front end of the truck. It's really grown on me. So uh, the Sequoia one-ups the uh, Lexus LX600 in the power department. So both of the the SUVs uh, and the LX600 is basically a Land Cruiser, our Land Cruiser for now. Share this 3.4-liter twin-turbo V6. The Sequoia is, is hybridized. And assisted, just like the uh, Tundra, 437 horsepower and 583 pound-feet of torque, which it beats the Lexus by uh, 28 horsepower and 104 pound-feet of torque. You're going to feel that, too. Uh, the hybridized six-speed is uh, basically uh, a generation removed from the old 5.7 liter, which made 381 horsepower and 401 pound-feet of torque. I like it. Okay. I really like it. They say it also up to 9,000 pounds, which is a 22% improvement over the old model. Uh, you know so what's you're weird? Not anything I, else I, there? The, I I like the Tundra. I mean, it has grown on me. At first, I was like, yeah, kind of whatever. Yeah. Then seeing it in person, I really like it. Okay. But the Sequoia, if that's real in that photo right yeah, there, that's real. I really like it. And I the, really, really like it. And the it. Pro looks cool. I think the Pro's Pro's neat. Yeah. Um, it's you know blacked out with the floating roof and all that. Yeah. It just looks like a you know looks like a Toyota with a bigger Toyota front. No, I just, uh, the it's lines okay. are sharper. Yeah, they are I sharper. really like the sharper lines. It really works you for You just me. like it because you'll be able to get a 22-inch chrome wheels. Nope. Don't want the 22-inch chrome wheels. I like that. You want uh, tw- 24s? Uh, 24s! Does it come with 24s? No. No, I don't. I, I like that like setup. It. What is there, what's on that setup right there? That's the 18s. With I, the, uh, I actually like the 18s, Pro. surprisingly. Out of my character, I know. I, I'm, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> I feel like I don't even know you. Mm. All right, so uh, more to come on the uh, Sequoia. Lightning's a fan. I I, I think it's a, attractive looking. I just I, the first thing I saw when I looked at it was, eh, all right, just man, Tundra SUV. Mm. Uh, hey, Lightning, did you hear? No, no, I did not. Uh, GM spending billions of dollars to make more electric pickup trucks. The Silverado and Sierra will be made in Michigan, and they're going to add another battery plant. I think the total investment uh, in new and updated Michigan plants for. The battery electric pickups, $7 billion. Billion. Or the B. Uh, GM is putting a heavy bet on uh, electric trucks. They're saying by uh, 2025, they'll be able to make more than 1 million EVs a year in North America. And they're trying to get to 600,000 electric trucks a year. 
Uh, <laughs> who's that guy? Uh, the the seven billion is the largest single investment announcement in GM's history, mm-hmm. and it'll add four thousand new jobs and reflect, according to GM, their commitment to making Michigan the epicenter of electric vehicles. Yeah, buddy. They're stoked. So yeah, that's look. Cool. I mean, people are godly. I think that the it started with the lightning received way better than they expected. Uh, they're not going to say that, but I think they were probably pleasantly surprised at Ford. And then Chevy now with the uh, the evil lanch or whatever you're calling it, like that. <laughs> it's not evil. But that really is got – it's got people talking. They're doing a really nice job at rolling out the electric platforms. I think a lot of us wanted to hate, and they're taking away reasons for us to hate. Uh, I think it depends on your use case. We've talked about that. I, I, I just think, think that – we expe- we all got off to such a weird start with the Cybertruck. It was just so radical. It was like, okay, it's a joke. They're all going to be jokes, you know, and, and now they're not. I mean, you you had time nobody's, in the Rivian. Nobody's putting $7 billion into a joke. I, I know that. But us as enthusiasts, we had kind of, we kind of hoped that they would be jokes. You know, we're like, no, we don't want it to be a reality. But then- you go and you sit in the Rivian. You went on the uh, yeah, and, and, I, st- and I still want an internal combustion engine, the Hummer, and yeah. So those are great appliances. I still want a feel visceral uh, feeling of uh, uh, fuel exploding in front of me. Yeah. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. No, I did not. Ford released the Ultra Four inspired 2022 Ford Bronco Raptor. The Raptor. Yes, Holman. Congratulations. With the world's ugliest fender flares ever put on a production vehicle. I don't think so, really. They are hideous. Let me see. Hold on. Maybe what what was I looking at that I didn't mind so much? Uh, they're awful. Uh oh, I haven't seen them from that angle. I only saw them from the front, which doesn't that look that bad. But you're right, from the side, that's awful. <laughs> that's awful. Not look good. Why? Now, Why did they do that? Truck itself, freaking badass. Yeah. I mean, I'm all I'm all about it. I'm like, now finally, dude, this thing is a monster. An what size tires? Monster. Uh, this will be 37s from the factory. Holy shnikes. Yeah, 37s from the factory. It'll have the uh, three liter EcoBoost out of the Lincolns with 400 horsepower. Of course, the uh, 10 speed automatic. Is that, that's got to be over 500 pound feet of torque? Well, we don't exactly know horsepower numbers. We're kind of going off of what the old engine had. So let's just say it's more than 400 and more than 400 pound feet of torque as well. Okay. Okay. Healthy. Uh, although I. <laughs> Kind of would have loved the five liter V eight in it. Yeah, super special. Then you know that Ford's going to drop whatever they put in the Raptor. They're going to put in this, don't you think? I mean, you hope. Maybe there's a Bronco R out there. They would sell every one of them, and then they would sell some more. Oh my god, that thing would be. That's like next. Anyway, this thing is freaking massive. Uh, That that with the the, uh, supercharged five point two liter. Yeah, the Raptor R voodoo, whatever it's going to be against Predator. Against the Jeep 392. Yeah. That would be an interesting uh, side-by-side. Well, I mean, it depends how you're using it, but I mean, I would imagine this for go-fast desert stuff is going to be better than the 392. Has anyone supercharged the uh, Jeep 392 yet? Uh, there's no hood space for it. Do you make a new hood? So. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm sure somebody is. It's a pretty basic hood to no, remake. No, it's the whole intake track for the induction system. Not, not a basic hood at all. Okay. So... It's not as easy as just replacing the hood. There's there's other stuff you got to figure out. The track width the Bronco R measures seventy three point two inches. That's six point three inches more than the Wild Track Bronco. Obviously, it has those massive, ugly fender flares. Ugh. 
similar to those found on the DR. And of course, it's got the uh, BFG TA KO2 all terrains and a 37 by 1250 17. The width with the mirrors folded in is 9.8 inches wider than the base Bronco. That's nice. that's girthy. That's what she said. The Raptorized Bronco also has a power dome hood, so it's a little bit more aggressive. And then it has. Wait, a, wait, would you just call it a power dome hood? Yeah, that's what Ford calls their hoods that have the power dome on it. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, there's additional louvers on the quarter panels on top of the fenders that extract air from the engine compartment. And as uh, Raptors do, it's wide enough where it has the uh, the three clearance lights in the uh, grill, uh, which you know gives it that signature look. I love that, yeah. Uh, the Bronco Raptor has factory running boards, which can be modified to remove the steps, leaving rock sliders behind, which I think is super smart. And, uh, of course, the wider fender flares protect from debris sailing by uh, after the 37-inch tires go sideways uh, through dirt <laughs> in the desert. And then there's also, like, a overhang that Ford calls the uh, stone peck guard. Uh, to they, what, the stone, stone peck guard? Huh. Wow. <laughs> which is uh, uh, rubber and replaceable to keep uh, spray from hitting other things. And, of course, it has a 37-inch spare. Uh, the interior is pretty badass as well. Has a all digital twelve inch gauge cluster that features an animated Bronco Raptor avatar depicting the goat. Wow! Uh, goes over any terrain modes and a Bronco Raptor specific performance view with enhanced tachometer and gear reading options for customization. And then there's code orange accenting all over um, from the seatbelts. You can get orange seatbelts uh, and stitching to the terrain management system rotary dial and the top center mark on the wheel, just like the other Raptors. Uh, carbon fiber touch points. Uh, it'll have the twelve inch infotainment system. Uh, the opting for the Lux package adds a 10-speaker B&O audio system and adaptive cruise control. Doors and roof panels are just as removable as they are in the standard Bronco. And then uh, different than the Bronco, uh, there's actually a, a B-pillar cross brace, kind of like the way the Jeep has it because it's the halo roll cage in the Bronco where there's no B above the you know pillar brace mm-hmm. above yep. the uh, second row. Uh, it returns on this one to stiffen up the structure. Okay. They moved it as, uh, as far rearward as possible so you would have uh, overhead uh, helmet clearance. Uh, and then there's bracing added to the uh, C uh, bow as well, including a cast foot with carbon composite structure to maintain rigidity and a lower center of gravity. Off-road, the Bronco Raptor stands pretty tall on those 37-inch tires. Uh, minimum ground clearance of 13.1 inches. That's healthy. That's an increase of 1.6 inches over Sasquatch-equipped Badlands Bronco on 35s and 4.8 inches over a standard Bronco. That pushes it just ahead of the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon with the um, Extreme Recon package with the 35s. And the Bronco Raptor uh, approach angles a healthy 47.2 degrees, an improvement of 4 degrees over a base Bronco with 35s. <laughs> Departure angle measures at 40 degrees, which is a 3.5 degree gain over the base Bronco, and one-tenth of a degree more than a two-door Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, which is how Ford likes to do everything. Let's just give me the tenth. Fording depth is exactly on par with the diameter of the Bronco Raptor's tires at 37 inches. That's three feet of water fording. Yes. What are all these additions going to run me? Any idea? Uh, it's going to start at $69,000. I think it's $69,999. But really, that's going to be uh, it's going to be in the 90s, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look at the markups that Ford dealers are charging right now for everything. Right. I mean, a Lightning, a, a Raptor, everything. It's like what a do you Bronco, $25,000, $30,000, 40000 The Raptor R, street price, what do you think it's going to be? Ninety. No, 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 no. After oh, markups, sure. oh, yeah, street price. Yeah, one twenty-five to one thirty, gotcha. probably. Gotcha. With with dealers being greedy, 
Uh, you'll find the same uh, GOAT modes as on the uh, 2022 Bronco. Transfer case is the same, 3.06 to 1. A low-range automatic on-demand four-wheel drive, but also has two-wheel drive mode, which uh, the uh, 392 does not have. They also why have... Did, why did they do that, by the way, uh, on the 392? Be, because they don't want to blow up uh, axles and gear sets and things like that. Gotcha. 470 pound-feet of torque. It's a lot of torque going through the system. Did you see Weston Champlin, by the way, with his TRX? Um, did he not. launched a video, well, it's been uh, almost a week ago now. He uh, got a TRX, and he wanted to do burnouts with it. So he got under there with a 14-millimeter uh, wrench and just took the front uh, drive line off. Well, there's there's a few software things you can do, but I, I think you risk the damaging the clutches and stuff like that. Yeah, so he just pulled it off and yeah. did a bunch of smoky burnouts and got half a million views in half an hour. And then put his drive shaft back in, and none was the wiser. Except right. for all the uh, Stellantis people watching his YouTube page. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, uh, all the tech is still there. So trail control, trail turn assist, trail one pedal drive, all that carries over. Suspension is where the magic is. Front travel number of 13 inches from the factory. And wow. Rear travel of 14 inches. That's, that is that's healthy. Ra- that's Raptor pickup truck territory. Yeah. And to damp all that is Ford's high-performance off-road stability suspension system. They call it Haas. This features a Bronco Raptor-specific Fox 3.1 internal bypass. So similar to what's on the Raptor uh, pickup truck, right? And these shocks have a one-inch shock shafts, so they're they're pretty uh, they're pretty beefy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Outback, the rear axle uh, has grown from a Dana 44 to a semi-float Dana 50. And that's a 235 millimeter ring gear with a uh, 470 to one axle ratio. Uh, same uh, Performa Track electronic locker uh, from the standard Bronco, uh, but increased width for the tires and the body. And the axle tube thickness has also been beefed up to nine millimeters, which is up from five millimeters on the standard Bronco Dana 44. So it's about a what a 10 inch ring gear somewhere on there. I just had a quick cal. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Uh, the drive shaft and axle shafts have been uh, upgraded to handle the rigors of uh, Baja driving. And there's a four-link uh, suspension with track bar at work underneath the rear. Mounts for the lower control arm be re- re-engineered and reinforced. The locations of the jounces have been optimized to dissipate end-of-travel loads. Um, in contrast with the F-150 Raptor, the rear Fox 3.1 live valve shocks are actually a coilover instead of uh, a coil and spring setup. So anyway, all of this nets the Bronco Raptor a 40% improvement in rear suspension travel over a standard Bronco and a 60% gain in the front, which is pretty unbelievable. Hmm. And then the chassis is uh, pretty different, too. The uh, Bronco Raptor has been uniquely built for this suspension system, and it's only offered with four doors, 116.5-inch wheelbase. But, again, tie rods, half shafts, CV joints, Dana 44, all that in the front, all that has been upgraded to withstand, uh, you know, the use case that they're imagining. And, yeah, buddy. And towing is actually uh, a decent 4,500 pounds. So that's uh, 1,000 pounds more than the standard Bronco. So pretty decent I don't think I, I don't think people are buying that truck to tow other than I, maybe I think your dirt bikes and stuff I think guys are out in the desert that's going to be their desert rig and I've I've seen lots of Raptors towing dirt bikes why wouldn't you be able to do that with your Bronco if you wanted to you could you're just in a small trailer right and they're not hanging it off the off the the, yeah, uh, I'm, the I'm, hitch right you know like the uh the the, the yeah. bikes that hit sideways. No, sideways. Like you can put two bikes, you can put a UTV and, and not hit 4,500 pounds. So you're well within the limits to tow a, a UTV out there and you could use it to, uh, you know, pull your boat out of the water, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, if you go to Qualified Captain, you'll watch a, a lot of people who are uh, unfortunately are not able to do that. Anyway, uh, Bronco Raptor with the destination fee, sixty nine nine ninety five. So um, when will we uh, expect to see it? I would imagine later this year. As of this moment, uh, orders are not open. Uh, they begin taking orders, I believe, in March. 
So lots going on with uh, Ford just killing it in the off-road space right now and pretty uh, pretty amazing. I'm just curious how guys are going to modify this because they've really just done it all for you. I think that even if you love the drivetrain, the tires, and the suspension, of course, Fox will sell an upgraded set of shocks like you can go buy from Jerry Camberg and he'll put the I you mean, know, wazoo, wheels, right? Yeah. the basics. But... Wheels, tires. But, you know, even if you left wheels, tires, which you can get the B-Lock capable wheels, the shocks, well, let's say you're happy with all that stuff because this is a pretty capable vehicle. Mm-hmm. Now you worry about things like uh, your rooftop tent or your cargo storage solution or how do you put your fridge in the back. You just buy the truck. It's basically pretty damn close to what you would do. And you just do the uh, the lights, the other accoutrement, the GMRS radio, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. The accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement. <laughs> exactly. The yeah. accoutrement. Yeah. All right. What do you say we uh, get into some emails since we uh, weren't able to do that last episode? You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. out that email. All right. Holman is doling out the uh, printed pages right here. I have two so far. Do I get a third? Do I see? Do I hear a third, Holman? Holman. Actually, give me that one I just gave you back. Oh, the uh, the des- disastrous yeah. forwards? Unfortunately, the uh, toner on the uh, the printer is going out, so. Mm-hmm. All right. I got another one here. All right. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I'm going to try this one. This one is, wow, the toner is bad on this one. That's really faded. I'm going to do my best. So I'm going to apologize in advance. Crazy ZR2 pricing podcast reply subject line from Luke. I'm writing it after listening to the podcast with Matt Farah where you guys were taken by shock of the ZR2 being more expensive than a Raptor. Now, I don't know if most people know this, but the ZR2 comes with, uh, it's fully loaded from the factory, i.e. sunroof included, all the interior options, etc. So yeah, it might be more expensive than a base Raptor. However, you cannot get much more expensive than the price that the ZR2 is listed at, as there aren't any additional options to pick from. Hope that clears up some of the confusion on the pricing. As always, love the show. Regards, Luke. Uh, I... You don't disagree. I think you can definitely get a more expensive one, especially when you're looking at uh, all the dealer upcharges and stuff like that. But yeah, he probably has a point, but I'm, I'm sure there's a couple options. I haven't looked at the uh, the options list yet. All right, got one here from uh, Trevor, and he says, what's up, crackheads? Happy New Year. <laughs> Wait, what? Why are we crackheads? I don't know. We don't do drugs. Short story long, I need to get a new truck for work. Coming from a 2015 F-250 Platinum 6.7, I really don't want to lose nice rig. seats and remote start, and ideally a full console, but of course, it's not an unlimited budget, so I know I'm going to step down in order to go newer. First world problems, right? Uh, what's wrong with that truck? Why would you get a new one? There's nothing wrong with one? that truck. Yeah, I don't, yeah Platinum? I need to get new work. Maybe it just has a lot of miles. I don't know. With a target of around 65K and ideally lower, I'm looking at either a well-optioned Ram 6.7 Tradesman Bighorn or F-250 XLT. And at a stretch, uh, base Lariats and Laramies. In the mid-package Bighorn XLT category, which truck gets your vote? I've never owned a Ram or Dodge anything, but I'm super roused (laughs) by the 6.7. That's what she said. That's what she said. And I knew you guys have raved about the high-end Ram interiors in the past, so the Rams still get your vote if we're talking mid-level trims. All-around truck, not just luxury, like if you did a four-wheeler, three-quarter ton, and one ton of the year award. The Ford's more familiar to me and seems like the safer option. Ram seems intimidating with a little bit of option overload. 
2,500 coils, 2,500 air, 3,500 leaves, 3,500 standard output, 3,500 high output, uh, 68 RV, Eisen, Crew Cab, Mega Cab. Last, can you recommend any no markup Ram or Ford dealers that I could special order a truck through? That's enough rambling for now. Uh, you'll hear from me soon enough. Yes, um, I like uh, both of the trucks in a mid range. I'd probably lean toward the Ram. I think the interior is maybe a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. And 3,500 high output. Well, not for that kind of money. You're correct. That would be yeah. over eighty. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That would be uh, that would be much more expensive. Um, you do get the the Eisen Trans. So just to uncork your questions, the Eisen mm-hmm. uh, only comes with a high output, which you're not going to be able to get because you'd get into a thirty five hundred, not a twenty five hundred, uh, and uh, it would be too expensive. So crew cab is basically your regular crew cab. The uh, Fords have a super cab. And a Super Crew, the Rams do not have an extended cab. They only have the regular crew cab, but then they have the Mega Cab, which is a lengthened crew cab. Which they don't is have, awesome. Yeah, which they don't have. But if if you have the room to park it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the rear seat folds into a bed. You can sleep on it at the truck stop and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty awesome. Uh, and then you're asking about their suspension. So coils are nice because they ride great, especially for solid axles. Uh, 2,500 Air is uh, self-leveling in the back. Uh, which is nice because, uh, you know, obviously load leveling is a great thing if you can be towing and hauling and all that. Uh, I would probably do 2,500 air if it were me, if you can afford it. Otherwise, the 2,500 with coils is totally fine. Uh, our no markup Ram dealer would be uh, my good friend Jackson Ellis mm-hmm. at Glendale uh, Ram Jeep Chrysler everything. If you're in SoCal. Uh, no, you'll sell it I mean, to you he'll if you're sell out of, to you. Put, what, put on a truck and send now, it to but that's not totally true because I think most dealers, because of the crunch right now, are. and I don't want to get into his his business. Typically, he's a no-markup dealer, but because of inventory, I think everything everywhere sort of marked up if it's on the lot. I'm pretty sure he will sell you a no-markup if you order something. Right. I think that's the caveat. He, don't, he that, doesn't have cap- to have it sit on the lot. Right. Yeah. That's the caveat. Well, not, no, it's not that. It's just that if you only have X amount if, – if you're used to having 100 vehicles to choose from and you only have 25 now – you have to make those vehicles last as people are coming in, right? So it's you got to make a little bit of money off that to pay your bills and overhead. So I think he's willing to, uh, if you order, if you tell him Truck Show Podcast or Sean Holman sent you, uh, Even Lightning found this out, he will take very good care of you. Uh, but the key is to order the truck that you want. 6-9 OBS, subject line from uh, Nick. Hey, Lightning Holman, uh, just checking in on a few points. First off, if anyone has the California pompousness, it's Matt Farah, full Stop. Oh, so he was imported from New York and he got the pompousness. Big time. Next topic. So it's been beat to death, but I have an 87 Bronco to Eddie Bauer. And most importantly, I'm building an 87 F350 standard cab cabin chassis because new trucks are overpriced before the fees, quote unquote, over sticker. It's manual locks and windows and a bench seat. Uh, And thanks to me, it's a five speed. Everything a truck needs and nothing it don't. Guess what? It's a 6.9. I had toyed with the idea of an R2.8 swap, but just heard that Bank still offers the Sidewinder kit. Looks like you guys uh, just cost me a couple of grand, but it's going to be worth it. Remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Yeah, I would go with the Sidewinder kit. I wouldn't put an R2.8 in that truck, just not enough engine. Yeah, agreed. 
All right, got one from uh, Thomas Atwood. Says, Neat Son, Titan, no fear. Hey, guys, I was listening to the emails about different clothing brands on trucks, and nobody mentioned that even the Nissan Titan had a no fear edition, which I totally forgot. Yeah. I remember seeing it on an off-road magazine back in the day uh, when the Titan first came out. Anyway, just thought I would uh, chime in with that. Five stars, Thomas Atwood. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. Thank you for that. That's a good one because that was one that totally escaped my uh, my mind. That was an embarrassing one. Add that to the list. No fear was... Cool for thirty seconds. No, they were so? cool for like at least ten years. Was it that long? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. My buddy Mike worked for No Fear. I actually sold No Fear at my clothing store. Well, now I think apparently about you it. had No Fear. Clothing company special edition vehicles. Yes. How many times are people going to tell us? Tell me about this. I they, get it. They're not going to stop. Missed, they're keep, not going to stop. Keep reading. <sighs> this is from Ryan. I just listened to episode 208 and wanted to comment on Jay's... Oh, they call me Jay when they're mad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, awesome. it's like, your, it's like your middle name. Jay Lightning! <laughs> okay, and I listened to episode 208 and wanted to comment on Jay's question of older vehicles not having a special edition related to a fashion or clothing company. I remember watching an episode of Stacey David's Gears when he restored a Levi's edition CJ5. But that is the only one that I can recall offhand. I'd be curious of others. Good thing we know better than to support a company, Levi Strauss, who helps take away our bang sticks and freedoms. Oh, anti-guns. Yep. Uh, I and refuse me, to uh, wear their jeans now. Yeah, he says, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always understood Starbucks to be another proponent and supporter of gun control. But in episode 207, Sean mentions he only gets his wife gift cards anymore, one of them being none other than Starbucks. For shame, Mr. Holman. I'm hoping maybe you are just uninformed. No, I don't I don't shop there. My wife does. That's yeah. completely different. Listen, if that's what makes my wife happy, that makes my wife happy. And here's the deal. There's plenty of music I buy and listen to or movies I watch or actors. That, if I went around saying I will never do anything if somebody doesn't have my same political view, mm-hmm. I would be a very lonely person not not enjoying life. I have a, I have a story on that for a second, uh, kind of a related. So I'm going to finish this. Uh, not only is their coffee ridiculously overpriced, but it's not really good to boot. Uh, I'd rather support the veterans at BRC. Anyway, I've already talked about my wife having a black rifle coffee, coffee company yeah. mugs, and yeah. and she makes uh, their little K cups in the thing. So we're equal yeah. opportunity. Anyway, that's my rant for now. Keep up the great content and five stars as always. Five star review. Five stars. Cheers. And uh, he says, uh, "Oh yeah, uh, everything matters." Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. And a yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, do you remember uh, Psycho Mike Catherwood? I do. Okay. He had- Radio the, guy, for those of you who don't know. Yep. So, Psycho Mike was on uh, Loveline, syndicated all around the country. Also, it doesn't matter. He was he was Loveline's lover boy on Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Either. All right. All right. Come on. So Story. He, Story time. He Play. was Mr. I'm going to buy All-American for one year. Uh-huh. And he fired up a website called Domestic Journey. Uh-huh. It was Mike's Domestic Journey. All right. And he said, I'm going to buy all 100% American for the year. And it turns out he couldn't do it. Yep. There were certain things that are not made in America. And um, it was interesting. I was posting every purchase he was making on the site, and he was giving a little backstory to it. And we got like six months in, and we just ran aground. There was just stuff that we just don't produce. So I, I don't know what got me off on that tangent, but um, I think that was fascinating. We, you know, like, because we were like, I, I think, listen, go America, you know, no, go this, go that. But like sometimes at the you end, just at, can't. We have a global economy at the end yeah. of the day, and, and there's going to be different politics and stuff. And if there's somebody who's overtly hates everything you stand for, then yeah, you probably avoid that. 
But listen, if my wife likes a certain something and that makes her happy, uh, then that behooves me to not make a political line in the sand in my own household. <laughs> you know, there are things that her that uh, you could shows, you could yeah, say no, no. I'm not going to go there. It's, and, I don't believe in that. And, and she wouldn't and she wouldn't fault me for that. Yeah, she says, know? "Well, I don't believe in and sex." She, well, she, <laughs> no. <laughs> and 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 listen, she's she likes shooting guns and doing all that kind of stuff. And so it's just listen, life's an imperfect thing. Do do your best. Mm-hmm. Do your best. I don't wear Levi's. I grew up in Levi's. Is that your slogan? Just do your best? Just do your best. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. I got one from uh, Brian Hescott says, Lightning and Holman or Holman and Lightning? Nope. Uh, I have been a longtime listener. I think I found the show way back when you guys were only five episodes in. I love all the content and quality audio. I am currently a Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram technician in northern Michigan. I've always been a Jeep guy. And currently have a 01 TJ Wrangler along with my wife's 11 WK2 Grand Cherokee. My daily driver's a 15 Ram 1500 with the Hemi. I'm writing you guys because I walked in my living room today and found my 16-month-old son with one of my issues of four-wheeler magazine. He was pointing at the cover saying, Jeep. He loves to go for rides and playing in my Jeep, with supervision, of course, and I thought it was something you guys could appreciate. Keep up the good work. I included a picture of my son with the magazine and another of him in my Jeep. That's from uh, listener Brian Hescott. And Brian, my uh, four-year-old Abby loves Jeeps. Um, and she loves being in my Jeep, and uh, anytime Dada's in the garage, she wants to crawl in and sit and do stuff. And then uh, I had our long-term Ford Super Duty uh, last year for a couple days. I had to tow something, so I swapped with uh, Mr. Jason Gonderman because our uh, Gladiator didn't have a tow hitch on it for the factory. And she's like, what is that? And like, that's a Super Duty. So now she points out Super Duties wherever she sees them. And when I went to SHOT Show a couple weeks ago, our friend Corey brought his Super Duty and had a park in front of the house for a couple days. And she wanted to tell me that Corey's Super Duty was out front. So <laughs> it's funny how kids will find those things like yeah, Jeeps and it. Super Duties, and that's sort of their uh, sort of their jam. Hmm. So a uh, cute little guy, and uh, he's looking at the ultimate adventure issue. So he's got good taste. Clothing line trucks. Oh, God damn it. Another one seriously from Daniel. All right. Lightning and Holman, loving the three years of listening as the first podcast I've ever listened to. Oh, hey, thanks. Uh, okay. Wow. I listened to the latest episode, uh, number 209. Well, between all of the emails, both of you totally missed the North Face avalanche. Even though y'all missed it, still you get five stars. Five star review! Five stars! Thanks for the info every week. Hard work. And mounting those parameters. Mounter parameters! Going from Chuck Davis, Eddie Bauer, and Ford. Oh, this is another one uh, going right at lighting. <laughs> In episode 208, you were discussing partnerships between car manufacturers and clothing companies. Do you remember the Eddie Bauer edition? Ford's found this on Wikipedia, and he goes and talks about all the years Eddie Bauer and Ford were together, which no, that was. I, I was not unaware of that. <laughs> I, you guys should uh, write in and tell me about <laughs> it that. It was one more. of the things that we, we talked mm-hmm, about, so we yes. did have that one covered in at least the uh, last couple episodes. Yep. Along with uh, No Fear, Levi's, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Blass, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nautica. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Uh, well, are, oh, yeah. Harley Davidson. Yeah. Cabela's. Yeah. Uh, Carhartt. Yeah, that was that's a new one though. Uh, <laughs> are you going back to that's a new one so it doesn't count? Uh-huh. Oh my god! <laughs> Just read the freaking emails. EV vehicles. Sorry, I'm eating a gummy bear. Um, EV vehicles from uh, Noah Schwartz. Hey guys, I've emailed. Hey guys, I haven't emailed in a long time. But speaking of the EV vehicles, they have lower maintenance cost. But what is the expected battery life expectancy and replacement cost? I would imagine it would be a very high cost to replace them. Uh, Noah, 
Um, they ain't cheap. I don't really think they're designed to be replaced. No, they are. I mean, they they're, are. They're not hot they swappable, but no, you, if your battery goes bad, they can absolutely be replaced. But right now, depending on the vehicle, it's upwards of $20,000 to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not an insignificant cost. And I think the battery manufacturers and the car manufacturers are hoping that by the time a battery needs to be replaced, which is probably in, in a regular cycle somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years, that those costs will go down. Because if people start having battery failures and they're out of warranty and start discovering how expensive that a battery costs more than the head gasket being blown on your internal combustion engine, that's going to make a lot of people really angry and turned off from EVs. So it behooves them to get the battery stuff right. But I would say right now it's probably around 10 years and probably around anywhere between whether you go used or brand new, $5,000 to $20,000. Yeah, makes sense. That, that would be that would be my, my, uh, my guess. I guess. I have another one here about a 6.2 uh, turbo diesel. Hey there, Lightning and Holman. I was just listening to episode 209, and Lightning mentioned the turbo for the 6.9 Fords. I went and checked out the bank's website a couple years ago and saw you guys had a turbo kit for the GM 6.2s, but that it's discontinued now. Was there not enough demand? I own an 82 Chevy K20 with the 6.2 was interested in putting a turbo on it. Like always, keep mounting those parameters and five stars. So um, that 6.2 kit was really good. 6.2 kit. I feel and like you discontinued it too soon. Uh, the reason we discontinued it is the turbos became unavailable. Oh. So we have been looking for a new turbo supplier. So because I'm guessing that there would be demand if that was back on the shelf. We know. And we've been working on it. Not not super hard. We're just, we, we, we're so focused on new vehicles right now. But, um, oh, man, I wish I could tell you the stuff we're working on right now. You There's can't. something. No, I can't. Nope. No, I can't. Because Keep reading emails. No, man. There's something we're working on that's really bitching. And it's not what you'd expect. Will you read the email? I think it would even supply, it would surprise you, Holman. Okay. TRX subject line from uh, Trucker Jones. Congrats on the TRX lighting. That would be rad. Cool. Are you able to get a good deal? Can't wait to hear how you like it, Trucker Jones. Uh, I think I'm getting a pretty good deal from uh, Mr. Holman's friend, uh, Jackson, up there at Glendale. Uh, Dodge, Jeep, Chrysler, Ram. And uh, I will. I don't know what the final price is uh, going to you're be. You're getting better than a good deal. I, well, okay. I'm getting a great deal. I mean, I don't know what the final, final price is until it arrives, but I, I'm pretty stoked on it, yes. And uh, I, I really like it. I do. I'm excited. I'm nervous because I have not owned a brand new truck since 2000. One. So this is, uh, I'm excited. Though. All right. Last email here from uh, Jay Romy, New Frontier. I'd email earlier about looking for a New Frontier. Well, we finally found one. These things are not easily found on dealer lots. And when you do, most dealers are adding a significant amount over MSRP. Luckily, we found this one at MSRP, and now my wife has a new truck. I'd never really looked at Frontiers in the past, mostly looking at other brands. Thanks to the show, the wife has a new Nissan now. So shout out to your sponsors. Attached. Oh, we got some Nissan people. Thank you. Thank you for buying the truck. Oh, that guy. The guy in the back has got a Nissan keychain. Yes. No, he has a Nissan key fob. Oh, fob. Because he owns one. Okay. It says, uh, attached is a picture of a new truck with my W250 CTD in the background, and hopefully that pisses off Matt Farah. <laughs> remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. And P.S. Take it easy on lightning. He's like an abused spouse.
Um, that's, <laughs> if only you were here to be with lightning as much as I am, you would not feel that way. We are deeply sorry. <laughs> Are we done? We're done. You feel like that's it? That's it. Churchillpodcast at gmail.com is the uh, email address that you type in and then send us something interesting to read back to you. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. All right. If you want to support Lightning and make him feel loved, uh, at LBC Lightning on uh, social, or uh, you can come hit me up at Sean P. Holman. And, of course, we are at Truck Show Podcast. Uh, leave us a message, 657-205-6105. We'd love to hear from you. We're a little light on the uh, Truck Show Podcast five-star hotline. So, Well, you know, I got an idea for that, too. Yeah. You can leave me ideas on the license plate for said TRX. I need some ideas. All right. What should I uh, call the TRX? Assuming I get it. Knock on wood. Truck Everything Show Podcast. Comes through. Yeah. Gmail.com. Help lighting up. Yep. Or leave it on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. I know you read it already. So what? I'm doing it again. What's the big deal? How many times can we read it? 657-205-6105. Now do you understand, people? <laughs> this is just a sample. And we can't take this out of the show because lightning is too lazy to remove it and redo it because the bed is going. And with the music going in the background, he knows that he can get away with his lightning mitt. I'm good with it. Uh-huh. I'm good with it. Uh-huh. <laughs> but are you uh, are you good with our friends over at Nissan for uh, Hell yeah, I am. sponsor? Yeah, absolutely. I love my peeps at Nissan. All right. If you are looking for a half-ton or half-ton plus truck, head over to NissanUSA.com where you can build a price, a new Nissan Titan or Titan XD with a 5.6-liter endurance V8, nine-speed automatic transmission, uh, and Fender Audio System, along with those very comfortable zero-gravity seats. And if you need something a little bit smaller, you want to check out the new Frontier. They are now hitting dealers, and I'm starting to see them out on the road. And a few of our listeners have gotten uh, – th- here's what I want to know. If you recently bought a, a Nissan, how bad or good does this podcast sound on that Fender Audio System? Way good. Think it sound, makes it sound better? Yes. Oh, thank God, Nissan. We yeah, love I, you. I mix this show like a mamma jamma. Like, it, it sounds <laughs> really sound good. Oh, yeah. Mamma jamma. All right, so you can uh, head on down to your Nissan dealer and see those trucks in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, if you are looking to cool off your rear end on your truck, you want to go to <laughs> bankspower.com where you can check out the most awesome Banks Ram Air diff covers, which actually do something, unlike well, some of the other ones on the I market. mean, the Ram Air... Is what it is. I mean, it's ramming air using the scoops, scoops on the bottom. Yep. It changes the direction of the air, so it funnels that air through the, the long, thin fins. Yep. Exactly. And this is a die-cast cover, by the way. It's not sand-cast. That cheesy old sand-cast. And you can die-cast. get it raw. You can get it uh, machined with the fins machine. You can get it powder-coated. Mm-hmm. Or you can do it yourself with the raw one. And, of course, the inside has the same shape as your factory cover, so all of the hydrodynamics that are going on behind the cover are the same, so you're not having to worry about starving bearings or causing aeration or some of the other problems that you may have with a few of those other high-capacity covers that are out there. Again, head over to BinksPower.com and uh, treat yourself and your truck to a cool rear end. That's what she said. Right? (laughs) Why would you? I don't know why she would say that. (laughs) Treat yourself to a cool rear end. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. All right. I'm going to go start working on squats. That's what she said. Yes, she did. It doesn't even make sense. (laughs) 
The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. You gotta find that boogie body. Okay, that's good. Looks good. Feel the beat. Um chicka, um chicka, um chicka, um chicka, um chicka, um. Now take it to the right, the left. Bum, 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 bum. Find it, feel it, do it. <laughs>